At Home Depot, there was a senior citizen, a gentleman, and I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, I invented Deathcore. <laughs> and he just got him. <laughs> uh, he just shook his head and walked away. Use EMG pickups because they help you get the heaviest tone possible. Head over to emgpickups.com and use my promo code HEAVY at checkout and get 15% off. And then once you write the heaviest song of all time, head over to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Garza and save 30% off your membership to get all your songs on all streaming platforms. And now to the heaviest podcast of all time. Rick, you might be my, my first friend that had a six pack. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to tell you that's, that was very, very inspiring. Was it? Yeah. Well, uh... Yeah, <laughs> running. I was a I was a runner, you know. Uh, you were, huh? I was uh, on part scholarship to UCR for running track when I was in the band. So I never knew that. So, you serious? So running was yeah. That was a that was a big part of my life. Yeah, you're, yeah he was like our only friend. I was like, I was like, you would run. I was like, why is he running? <laughs> that's because that's what I did like twenty four seven in Elsinore. So, um. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people probably didn't know that, but yeah. Did you know that, Josh? No, I just thought he always looked that sexy, and it just <laughs> it's pissed me off, you know, because um, I keep up with, a, I'd say, a pretty modest workout routine. And Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, but you recently said you never work out. Uh, I think you're wrong about saying that. Yeah. <laughs> or I think you're wrong about me saying that. Um, okay. That was part of the reason why I... Uh, why I stopped playing, you know, um, that time, uh, you know, Jerry, we're with Jerry, we're playing more shows. And it was yeah. like, uh, we had been on a, like a tour during the spring and it was like, my deal was like, well, I could keep touring as long as it's during spring break or summer break or cause I was, I was mm -hmm. in school doing that. So, uh, and then eventually I quit school and <laughs> yeah, but, but anyways, yeah. I I did not know that. Oh, we you're you're actually involved with track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was a tough time, man. Um, I guess so. Just to lay down the uh, groundwork, you know, uh, you Rick uh, and you Josh, uh, you've been requested to to be on on this podcast because people are just are just curious, like of of your history and you know, and then uh, and what and what happened to Suicide Silence. So you know, I'm honored that we're at a point. Of we're older and could actually uh, sit in a room together. I, I, I was this hit me today. Have we? I don't think we hung out for ten years. Uh, us three. I think the last time the three of us were in a room together was the memorial show. Wouldn't you say? That was that was the last time. So yeah. that's that's more than ten years. Um, I think. Um, uh, I do want to establish something right off the bat. Um, I told you I brought some tricks. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Chris, Chris I, I I want you to wear this. <laughs> I, 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 I want you to I want you to put it on. I should have known uh, you would be smarter than me because I forgot to ask you about about bringing the mask. So it's it's amongst our our Halloween decorations, and it comes out every October. So there it is. How how did you play drums in this thing, dude? Um, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do a couple minutes with this. My face was wet very often. It's clean now. Hasn't been sweated in 
in a very long time. It so looks please pretty, know that. It looks pretty brutal, that's for sure. I mean, I would like to now uh, give credit. Thank you. Well, I think the recordings speak for themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they, weren't, uh, they weren't that bad. Well, I, I, we should get into that. Let's, we should we should really go back to the origins let's, here. Let's let's get into it, please. Um, first of all, the, the mask belongs to my brother-in-law Dominic, uh, Dominic Montez. That's his. So that's not even mine. He he can take that back whenever he wants. Uh, he may uh, wield that power at any time. It is uh, his property first and foremost. Um, but we should run through this, I think, uh, mm-hmm. as quickly as we can to get to, you know, uh, the point in time that we were joined by Rick. Um, you know, I was living with Mitch. I just moved in with him. He was kind enough to let me put a mattress in his closet. <laughs> and so we were sharing a bedroom um, with his dad, Kip, and uh, his brother, KT. And um, one day he came home and he had this uh, demo, three-track demo. said, Suicide Silence, Death Awaits demo. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is Tanner's new band. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. You know, Tanner was in a uh, Deftones, like uh, practically a Deftones cover band. So I thought, okay. Uh, Probably. I don't remember the name. Yeah, it was with Brandon Trahand and and, uh, little Josh, uh, Josh Stefano. For the record, there's no little Josh. There's simply big Josh and normal Josh. Um, But yeah, we put it on in my car and we started listening to it and said, this is rather good. Um, And uh, sometime later, Mitch had joined the band. And uh, I think you played uh, three shows before I joined Suicide Silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this may be another moment to clear the record. I'm not the original drummer. Right, so yeah, no one knows that either. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris went from Justin Tofano, who is a fabulous drummer, to to this day, my favorite drummer I ever played with. God, he's good. Insane. He was he was so insane. good. The the three track demo he did with one foot. Am I wrong? Am I wrong no, about that? He was obsessed with. Oh, I, I gotta play this thing with one foot. He was he was a freak. He was a Oh my God! So he was a freak. He was a freak. His brother Josh was, uh, you know, already in the band, and and uh, and so I had seen you guys play a few times. Um, I don't think you ever played a show without Mitch. I think he was there for the first show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we had a show with uh, Excommunion, which at the time, like me, me and Rick were jamming a lot. Remember that band, X Excommunion? It doesn't sound familiar just by name, but I mean, did we see them? In Corona or Riverside that, or that was our first show Elsinore. that hmm. that Joe showcased through us on, and then uh, I was at the show. I just don't remember the band. Yeah, you were probably one of like the three people there. It's great. <laughs> no, I think there was legit eight of us. Um, <laughs> we had eight, almost hit ten. No, we had eight friends, and all eight of them showed up. So yes, that's, that's, <laughs> um, we call that an A plus. But it was uh, those first few High shows. And then uh, Justin had left the band. Michael Heiser was already playing bass at the time, and uh, mm-hmm. um, I had started to play drums. Um, why did, so, so why did you start playing drums? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's it's funny. Uh, I was supposed to play guitar in uh, Dying Dreams. The the really? band. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Yeah, Brandon Trahan and uh, Josh Tafano were. Um, I vividly remember them in my room teaching me the parts. And I wasn't very good at guitar, but I, I think just by association, you get 
an advantage in the market, right? Yeah. Better to, you know, who you know rather than what you know. Mm-hmm. But the band, uh, I, I must have been me because the band broke up a two days later. So they probably thought, um, oh, God, this is this is not going to work. Let's just break up so we don't break Josh's heart. Um, but I don't know um, at what point uh, I had borrowed Anthony Basso's drum set. He left it at the, the home I was living at. And uh, I got my own drum set a few months later. I had probably been drumming for six months. Um, and my drum set was in Mitch's garage and, uh, he comes home and he's like, Hey, so Justin's out of the band and we want you to play. And I said, who's we, <laughs> like, who, who are these people? Um, you, you've heard that Woody Allen line that I don't want to be part of a club who would have me as a member. Sure. Um, so I said, Mitch, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Um, I said, blast beats? What, what, how do you even do that? I don't even know what that is. And he's, he says uh, something to the effect of, just go crazy, no one will care. <laughs> I said, okay. Um, I, that's what Rick did, too. I could, I could go yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, uh, I, I, I genuinely believe that it was simply because we were so close. We were living together. I was Mitch's ride everywhere that he thought, this is great. Josh will get me to band practice on time. Um, He must have convinced you or convinced Josh that this was a good idea. It was a terrible idea. Terrible idea to to invite me. He might have lied how long you've been playing. (laughs) Which he he probably did lie, of course. Yeah, or exaggerated. So he probably told you, oh, he's been playing for years. This (laughs) this guy's like Derek Roddy. (laughs) You know, Joey Jordanson level. And uh, yeah, so... Yeah, that was really it. It was it was very very simple. Um, our first show. Do you remember where my first show was with uh, with the group? What was your first show? Was it a Skateland? Good man. Dang. Skateland in Whittier. Yes. Yeah, I almost got into a scuffle on the way into the show. Um, God, I'm sure I played like garbage. Um, it was fun, but uh, yeah, off we went. Um, you wait. You, you want to spot somebody? Yeah, I remember in the parking lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, somebody must have said something, or I, I have no idea the, 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 on what terms it was uh, based on. But you went were, into the show anxious. You were, you, you were a hothead. You were no, a straight edge hothead. No, I don't think a straight edge hothead. Um, <laughs> still straight edge, but not not so much a hothead. Um, as far as I'm concerned, being a stranger to the to the group at that time, I, I viewed the the Corona and Riverside crew as as being hotheads, so I would find that to be accurate. Dang, we'll take your word for when it. When I hear about <laughs> oh Josh in the parking lot in a fight, I'm like, uh, he probably didn't start it, but yeah. Nor did I finish it. No, I was the bigger man. Um, uh, peace be the journey. Um, take it from Cool Runnings. Real quick, you were the bigger man because you're six four, six seven. Don't oh. uh, I need every inch. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very important. Yeah, well said. Um, Sorry. So that was your first show. That was our first show. Yeah, my first show with the uh, with the group. Um, you know, uh, I, I, on the offhand that somebody uh, wants to talk about suicide silence with me, mm-hmm. they'll ask me about you know playing metal fests and what was it like sharing the stage with some of these giant acts and playing in front of thousands of people, and I say, I played in kitchens. <laughs> Uh, we played backyards. We basements. Played basements. We played barns. Um, we played showcase. Yes, that's true. That was the uh, the mecca. But 
all of that came after me, I have to remind them. So, um, and yeah, we played some fun places, some very obscure places. Tehachapi. <laughs> yeah, American Legion um, and the like. So I don't, I don't recall it being too long after. I, I do want to, uh, you know, hear from Rick, but, you know, I want to talk about our Love Juice recordings. Um, mm. Yeah, because it seemed <laughs> like, because you do like the first show with us and then not shortly after so this is all a span of like a, a few years so we, we already had the demo that came out 2003 i want to say we came out with something in 2004 and we go into this at the time low juice and, and riverside that's like where you went to record like your demo or ep so of course uh, we did which we did the first demo there which uh, was successful in its uh in that in that uh scene so let, let, let's go again and the events that would come after that was shocking. So, uh, how so mad what, were you when I tracked I don't those drums? How mad I was <laughs> when you heard the drums. I was like, you must have been so upset. I don't know if I was mad. <laughs> did 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 I see mad or what? No, you were always, I think, very quiet. Um, Just kind of let let it happen. Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, well, I think like like the samples, you just let it happen. You know, mm-hmm. I think you let Mitch and I overpower that uh, creative aspect of the yeah of the the um, of the group. But yeah, um, I don't know. I just I, I I was very very self aware and and still am. But you go back to those recordings and people will uh, say, "My God, I love those old recordings." Like the song "Till the Bubbles Stop," yeah, and the first version or the second version of "Stand Strong." And I'm like, get out of here. Are you, I, I cringe. I can't listen to that stuff. I can't. Yeah. We, I took Gabe Ochoa to the airport a couple of years ago. We get in his car and he's got that playing just to, just to, just to make me mad. He would. Um, oh my God. But, you know, I, I think it wasn't until the Rick, bubble stopped. No, no, no. It wasn't until you showed up, Rick, that I really uh, felt, um, uh, like it was urgent that I actually learned how to play. Um, yeah, and which, a, which you did, uh, to, to your credit, Josh, you, got, you did get a lot better because, I mean, we're forced. I mean, none of those drums were s- salvageable. So basically, <laughs> so, so you basically said, I'm sorry, right? You said, I'm sorry, uh, I'll book an, another day. So like we, we left and then you practiced for a little bit and came back and still that was the... <laughs> that was the outcome. But, but yeah. at, at that time, that sound was kind of popular. You got uh, Circle Dead Children, like Terminal Your Board of Ghosts, like that kind of like sloppy drums was like yeah. kind of in. Yeah, it's true. And I think looking back where, you know, people are nostalgic about those sloppy, you know, yeah. it is what it is recordings, but it was all accidental. No intention behind it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Quite the contrary. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, when I started taking lessons with Chris Aries, the uh, um, Drexel drummer, yes, who is outstanding, um, again a hundred times better than me. It, uh, it, uh, you know, I think was a nice compliment to what Rick and uh, Mike Botkins were were bringing to the band, which was, um, you know, just hopefully uh, elevating the experience. What was your take? You know, I I didn't like the drums uh, on on that EP or not on that demo. I thought it was I thought it was sloppy coming from <laughs> listening to Dave Lombardo and and Slayer and you know Metallica and these are the bands that I first started listening to and so everything was like precision and and fast and you know I wasn't really into sludgy yet and so you know my initial thought was like 
I remember uh, joining joining up with you guys and being like, okay, you guys are in G, right? I'm like, it's, it's too it's too sludgy, you know, too too low. I I can't I can't hear anything you guys are playing. Like I can't I can't decipher a riff, and so that was, I was like, you know, okay. Uh, I guess that was my first thought, um, but uh, I really meshed with you, Josh. You know, playing playing music with you, just creatively, ideas coming to practice at in Garza's place. Garza's still, you know, at Ancho's working his shift and oh. getting ready to get off, so we would do something really quick. But we had to talk Ancho's. So, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, of course. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really just messed with you creatively. So, you know, I hear you guys talking about how oh that that recording, you know, it's just a bad experience. But um, yeah, just creatively, I guess it was it was fun to to uh, to play play with you and write music. So, um, yeah, how, how did you enter the picture, Rick? Uh, I was in a group called Torn Within. That's how we had all met each other. Um, you know, we were like each other's competition, us being in Elsinore, you guys being in Corona Riverside. So we had played shows together and I remember thinking like, I can't hear, I can't hear anything these guys are playing, but they're going crazy. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. Um, Torn Within breaks up. Um, Justin's getting ready to join the Marine Corps. And then you give me a call. I remember being in my parents' bedroom, getting the call on a on, <laughs> on the on the landline. And... Rick, it's for you. Uh, Mijo. And you knew exactly what. <laughs> and yeah, I think Justin had prepped me like, oh, I talked to Chris. And so you're like, dude, uh, you know, do you want to play with us? We have some shows coming up. And at that time, you know, being in Torn Within, we were just starting to play some good shows. And I was like, oh, the idea of playing more shows sounds great. And um, and yeah, you know, you, I didn't really know any of you guys other than playing a few shows. So... It's like, yeah, let's cool. You know, I felt like I had a hot hand at the moment writing songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Torn Within had we had just gotten done writing writing an EP and recording it, and then no one kind of heard it because the band broke up. It was an amazing EP too. Yeah. So it gave me amazing. It, it gave me. I was like, oh, cool platform to keep writing music, and uh, so that's how I entered the picture. That must have been late '04 or beginning of '05. And, uh, I think yeah, firmly O four, and and I do want us to take a moment to really appreciate what Torn Within meant to us. That EP, your 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 demo, the EP that yeah. John Shelley played on drums, and uh, this is one of my favorite memories. Uh, you had gone into your room alone to listen to it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, were, were you there? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. We all were. Okay. Let's. Let's, so let's we, we let's had already it. heard it. Mitch and I had already listened to it. Um, we gave it over to you so you could go here. You went into your bedroom, locked the door. Um, and a few minutes later, you came out to the garage and you said, I quit. Yeah, it's, it's true. Ex- it's exactly it's what true. it was. No finer compliment. Um, it was so downing uh, for all of us because it was so <laughs> it was so good. Um, pick a song. I mean, Hero No More, the uh, build up to that, the breakdown. So good. John Shelley, again, just 100 times the drummer I ever could be. Um, your writing is outstanding. Justin's vocals were sick. Um, major, major motivator for all major. of us. Yeah. So that's when I entered yeah. the picture. That, that recording that we're talking about um, had, had just gotten done. And um, 
then we broke up. Then I get a call from you. Uh, this is late 04. I joined the band with you guys. Uh, normal Josh, as Big Josh points out. Um, I, I don't remember why he was leaving the band, but I remember uh, Josh um, and and Mike both were leaving at the and Tanner, I guess. They mm-hmm. were all kind of leaving at the same time. Yeah. And so Bodkins playing with us and Torn Within, we just kind of naturally joined forces. So like Torn Within and Suicide Silence coming together. And I just remember Mitch and Chris specifically being like, we're in your garage, we're in the, the practice room, and, and you guys being like, I've got my guitar you know, on, and you guys are like, like we don't want any hardcore parts, because <laughs> because t- torn within you know it was like Already some two, two some some two step yeah, parts yeah. and just some like straight straight hardcore parts. That's that's kind of what torn within was was you know death metal, some you know lots of breakdowns and then you know I was like well I'm seeing what people do to two step parts like let's throw some parts in like that. Anyway, so torn within did that, and then you guys were like no two step parts and I was like. No big deal, you know. That was and, the only uh, criteria. Yeah, well, no, yeah. no two step. It was like my first. I don't know. I guess you, it was like my first real job because here are all these guys that I don't really know that well, and they're asking me to fill a role, and to kind of like play my part, and so it kind of felt like, yeah, no problem. I'll, like I said, I wanted to play shows. <clears throat> I had some. I had been writing, what I thought was cool music at the time. So, yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Mitch and Garza just being like, no two-step parts. <laughs> don't do not do any hardcore parts. And, you know, just, just brutal, heavy, you know. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's what happened. And I remember also because the live, playing live was an element to us at the time that was, that I think made us stand out. And, um, yeah, Mitch being like, or it was you, like, just make sure you go crazy when you're playing. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's well, true. it's e- it's easy, to, it's easy to do that when everyone else in the band is already doing it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I don't want to stand out like a sore thumb. Um, so yeah, those are that's what I remember of of joining joining up uh, at that time. Um, and we had met you in a basement, um, you know. That came out wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, it did. But you don't. <laughs> but you don't. Yes, Canyon Lake. Yeah, okay. City Hall. You, that, you met me at City Hall. That, yeah, that, <laughs> that that invokes like Pulp Fiction vibes. Uh, no, 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 no. It was it was quite wholesome. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, basement of Canyon Lake City Hall. Um, you guys were playing. We all rolled out. Me, uh, Chris, Mitch, and again, you were uh, as good live as you were and recording. And you know, I remember. Looking at Mitch, looking at Chris, like, well, there it is, boys. We're um, we're done. Like, we're uh, yeah, we're out of the game here. Um, yeah, true. I I do want to go back uh, to 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 really emphasize the importance of Josh Tofano and um, what he brought to the to the mix. You you listen to the first track on the 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 Death Awaits demo, mm-hmm. victim of um, yeah. victim of tragedy, victim of tragedy. Heavy, heavy song. It's got some. It's got the the, the song that hooked me in. Um, but half that song is a Deftone song. Half that song is White Pony. Yeah. Um, you have that stylish again, just clean guitar. You know, uh, Justin doing those 
beautiful licks and then Tanner, you know, speak singing, you mm -hmm. know, or talk singing. Um, and I think, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but you're a Deftones fan. Of course. As am I, um, mm -hmm. big time. But Josh, I think, really um, was strongly motivated by by Deftones and there may be some other new metal stuff. Um, and it, it, it makes me sad, Rick, because he was a big Mars Volta fan. And maybe he still is. Um, I don't know. But I, and I know you, you were at the time. And I feel like the two of you really would have gelled musically. Um, and I don't yeah. think... Uh, did you even meet? Have you ever met him? Yeah, I mean, when when the when our two bands separately were playing shows together, you know, I, I had met all you guys, and that's true. Yeah, yeah and Josh, um, yeah, just a humble, friendly dude. And he wasn't afraid to smile at shows and, you know, say what's up. So yeah, he was a cool cat, and uh, and Josh, uh, I'm just programmed to say little Josh. I know, I'm I, know, I'm I, know, I, know. To say, I know, I know. So Josh, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, he played guitar in one of Mitch's first bands, uh, Dying in Dreams. And then, obviously, we, we have Suicides, and uh, Justin the drummer and Josh were brothers. So once, uh, so once, obviously, the drummer, I mean, the drummer leaves, the brothers, so it was just kind of, we all knew, okay, once, like, the older brother leaves, we're just kind of waiting for, like, the younger brother to, like, to kind of go, go to this family, you know? Yeah, it was a matter of time. And yeah. It's... Uh, it's funny that I would show up for practice, you know, we'd be rehearsing, I'd walk in and Josh would be on the drums. Mm -hmm. Josh was 10 times the drummer. Forget Justin was like, you know, a thousand times better than me. Mm -hmm. Josh was like 10 too. times better than me. He could do blast beats at like 190 BPM. He could, listen to this, he could hold a tempo. Wow. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine having a drummer that could yeah. uh, keep time? Um, he was so good. And I always felt so self-conscious walking in there like, God, the guitar player is killing me on the drums. What am I going to do? Um, I'd walk in smelling like onchos quite often. I, mm -hmm. I think we should really appreciate onchos and yes. the, uh, the 10 friends uh, in our circle that all work there. Um, you know, you're still one of Dean's favorites. You know that? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't care about me. I walk in and he's like, Josh, where's Garza? I said, oh, Dean, you know, <laughs> My goodness. he's, I don't know, he's in, you know, Europe. You know, he's playing uh, Wacken or, you know, some festival. He's like, well, tell him, he, I'm giving my best. Now, what can I do for you, sir? You know, um, how long did you work there? How long were you prep cooking and cooking? Uh, and uh, Two years. So, yeah, so you, uh, so you were cooked there that uh, highly respected. So when you, you know, you put the good, good word in for me so that I got, I got the job. That was my first job as a, a dishwasher. So I was put there for like two years, maybe even longer. And yeah. I, I worked, I worked my ass off. I, 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 I loved it. I, I loved washing beans off plates. Everyone, uh, wor everyone who works at a restaurant is working pretty hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. At the time, were, were you, when you joined Suicide Silence, were you at Starbucks? I think, I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. You did work at Starbucks, huh? I, I was there for a long time because they were so good with, with hours. Like, oh, Flexible. I'll just I'll just yeah. work at four in the morning so I can play the show at. Or Papa John's? Didn't you work at Papa John's too? I did work at Papa John's yeah. delivering pizza. Man, that in, Honda in Menifee, where it was super hot, and I had no AC, and the pizzas are cooking in the car. The leather seats are hot. It was, yeah, sick. That was that was after Suicide Silence, though. Mm. Chris, I, you mentioned how hard you worked at on shows, mm -hmm. and it's true. I saw it. Um, you had a work ethic, a very strong work ethic. And 
I think that is obvious in your art, you know, in what you do now. I think you're sitting in it, for one, but also the fact that the band has maintained for so long, um, it really speaks to your character. Your character um, is defined by, I think, perseverance. Look at what you've overcome in the last 11 years alone. Um, double that, and you have the full length of the uh, the band to date. Um, you know, you're a worker, man, and uh, I hope you do appreciate, and I hope others, and, and I'm sure they do, um, other people in your life really appreciate and respect the hard worker that you are, because it's evident. Thank you, Josh. I'm going to pile on top of that, because uh, I'm glad you started that, Josh. Yeah, when we when we spoke in Denver, I told you that, you know, you had made a lot of sacrifices, and Obviously, we hadn't talked for such a long time, but I knew that you had made a lot of sacrifices. And, um, you know, people, yeah, we're, you know, anyone working towards something is sacrificing. So, so yeah, just want to add on to what Josh said and, you know, throw some more kudos at you. And, yeah, man, um, you've sacrificed a lot to, uh, to be where you are. So I, I recognize it. And, um, yeah, thanks. We appreciate you giving us a platform. So no, I mean I I appreciate you guys even being here because I mean yeah, there was, there was a, a moment in our our lives where like we weren't speaking, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, who was who was the first member to to leave? Was, was it you Rick or, or, or no? You, Josh? It, it was it was me. Okay. What, yeah. We what happened? So uh we had made the the video for destruction of a statue it started blowing up we you know mm -hmm. jerry is entering the picture and we're mm -hmm. he's he's single-handedly befriending everyone on myspace and we're mm -hmm. um so we were blowing up we had played some short tours and again because i was an athlete at ucr i could only and my parents were also helping pay for school. So it was mm -hmm. like, I know that I kind of naturally saw my end in sight. It was like, oh, hey, you know, um, we're all getting together as a band talking about like, we're going to set this this tour up to go play. And it's going to be during this time. And I was like, well, I can't really do that. Um, so, you know, come this time of year, uh, I'll be leaving. So that that's how that happened. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I do recall it now being sort of a... It was uh, pretty natural. Yeah, a natural thing. But also we were aware that it was coming, just given, uh, I think, uh, the circumstances of where your life was headed. Yeah, my parents, them, you know, my family played a, has always supported supported me financially, if you will. I mean, as they do most of their kids at that age. Um but paying for school and me not doing that well in school at, at that time, I think I had felt a lot of guilt. And so mm. being like, oh, hey, uh, mom, I'm going to I'm going to play full time. <laughs> I'm going to play full time in this death Fuck. metal band to, uh, you know, and, and quit school. So, yeah, to me, it was just like, uh, you know, I can't really do that. And uh, mm. at the time, there wasn't any uh, animosity. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember it being positive no it was it was just oh. pretty basic it was, yes. it was pretty basic um ours, at least ours wasn't but we'll get into that yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it was pretty basic for me yeah. at least that's from my perspective yeah i agree it was just yeah. the decision to 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 ride with 
the sort of trajectory that I was on at that time. And then I, eventually I ended up quitting school anyways. Mm. And, you know, it didn't seem all for naught because um, I, I did, you know, finish school someplace else. But. I was going to say, g- give yourself credit for, for going back and, you know, finishing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I don't know what direction you guys wanted to go, but uh, since we're talking about this time frame, um, I always thought it was interesting that, so we had recorded a demo uh, at the Pitbull Farm in Hesperia, and that, mm-hmm. and it was just one song. We recorded Bludgeon to Death, just the one song Yeah. in Hesperia. And um, obviously that song is, you know, uh, monumental for a lot of people. Um, I think Garza's contribution of that super slow breakdown um, was something that everyone latched onto wherever that song was performed live. I remember us playing that up in Sacramento area or in somewhere up there and people being all about that part. And, um, and then afterwards we recorded the EP and I, I always thought I was curious. I'm like, why didn't we put that song on the EP? Cause that song existed before the EP. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah, we we tracked that one only one song, which we went to Pitbull because of you. Yeah, because Torn Within because Torn Within had that sick yeah. demo that almost made me quit, and then we <laughs> <laughs> and then we oh well, that that place sounds good, so let's, so let's go there. And that was really I never thought about that, Rick. Like that was kind of like the first moment where it's like we're kind of honing in on like this dynamic that hasn't been done before, like the like the. Thrash part with like this, these crazy slow breakdowns with, like, with these vocals, and you know, yeah, Rick and Josh. I mean, you really helped create that sound. You know, mm. I guess kids not really knowing what what we're doing. None of us, I think, knew what we were doing. Um, I recently tried this um, at Home Depot. There was a senior citizen, a gentleman, and I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Hey, I invented deathcore." <laughs> And he just shook his <laughs> got him. Uh, he just shook his head and walked away. Um, on the way over here again, um, uh, <laughs> again, uh, for better or m- mostly worse. Yeah, mostly worse. Um, on the way over here, we were listening to the EP just again, trying to bring up those memories and try to um, bring richness to the conversation and. Um, one of the, every song had one of those thrash beats, right? That was uh, my go-to, but that was really, that wasn't again, creativity. That was literally Mitch in the corner going, okay, just do, you know, he'd make (laughs) that face, um, and just say, do one of these parts, you know? Okay. Now one of these, you know, because music theory measures and, you know, time, I didn't even hear the word measure until, you know, Rick showed up before that. It was just you know, Mitch using his arms and gesticulating to explain uh, what kind of part we should be doing. Or we'd reference bands, right? We'd say, mm-hmm. do an at the gates part right here. Okay, I get that. Okay, at the gates. Okay, now do like a shattered realm, you know, kind of deal. All right, mm-hmm. do some yeah. do some toms like wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do some do some <laughs> wrench next, yeah. Um, n- now might be a good time to, to point out what's, 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 what is within this? Okay. This sarcophagus. Are we going to open up the vault? 
it is a vault, isn't it? It's a time capsule. It you is. know, the, uh, the the graduating class of uh, 04 Suicide Silence left this time capsule. Um, this has been opened since 2006. However, it has not been added to. Oh, nice. Nor has anything come out of it so it's since a caps- 2006. It's a, it's a capsule. It's yeah. a capsule, absolutely. Yeah. Case logic for all of you youngsters. Um, was case logic for all of you youngsters this was the vessel um this was the medium in which music was um transported between people but okay but there's also a secret in here that i'm you know somewhat um scared quick close it yeah yeah moth don't let let anything it's like the ark of the covenant it's like the ark of the covenant right just uh, ghoulies melting our faces, but there, there's oh, a, no, I have to, I have to. So, oh right, my fucking goodness. well, just look right look up front. Already. Look at right, right up front, front alone. Look at that. Okay, so second page of this thing is a secret. Chris, you you recognize this, right? Did, did I bring those CDs for you? Those are your CDs. Oh, they're mine. I just never gave them back. Oh, thank you. And. Here they are. Um, <laughs> Were we almost seventeen years later? Um, you're welcome. But yeah, this is the. Uh, this speaks to what it is we were listening to. You know, it's Demu Burger, it's Ranch, it's Origin, it's Mashuga. Clearly, um, there's one actually I, I did notice. I wanted to. Left was lost. Seven wow. angels, seven plagues. Yes. That doesn't get talked about enough. God, there was one though I wanted to really see if you knew what it was. Um, not fetus this. Do you do you recognize this? If you yes. if you re- okay, hang on, hang on. If you yes. recognize this, I br- I brought an award. Um, okay. Would you would you mind reading what that says? Best Chris. Best Chris. Okay. You, you get this best Chris pen uh, pin. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, brought to you by Nate Little. He's a pin maker, great guy, I know. He just happened to have one of these. If you can name the uh, artist. This is Happy. Man, well done. Right. Head P.E. Right, this is, this is Head P.E. Oh, right. That is Head P.E. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That this was... Is, uh, this is their first record. Great. Yes, that's their first record. Um, I, I don't... If, if someone had a gun to my head saying, what, what is the cover of that record, I will not know. But just because uh, I see it and feel it, like, it. Kind of, it kind of just, just chain linked. Yeah. It's Head P.E. Rick on the way over mentioned blood has been shed. Yeah. I don't think there's more a more influential band for me personally. What about you, Rick? Um when it came to super brutal breakdowns, I had never heard anything like some of the breakdowns on here. And what I mean specifically music-wise is it was like a different meter. It wasn't just 4/4, it was some off-time you know, breakdown. Mm. And that was influential. Also the chords, like they weren't just playing a power chord to, to play their breakdowns. They were uh, using some very unusual notes, unusual chords, which to me that really latched on. Cause it's like, okay, you know, we're playing all these sludgy, heavy, you know, slam parts that are just kind of straightforward chords. I heard this and it's like, these chords are even nastier you know, harmony-wise. And so that influenced me. Like, anytime I was playing a breakdown now, it was like, let me throw in this this note to make this chord sound just that much more disgusting. Um, 
So that was an idea. But also like <clears throat> And we're and we're talking about the record spirals. Oh yeah. Yeah. So came out in oh oh three. The like the like I was talking about the meter, the just the off time stuff. To me that was very interesting because um it to me like set up it broke up the monotony of okay let's just play this beat and then play this heavy part and then play this fast beat again and then go into a breakdown to me the off time stuff was like let's throw this before our breakdown because then when we all play in unison during the breakdown it'll sound that much more yeah it just gives people a, a different flavor and yeah this this did that for me what what a crazy record i remember someone standing outside showcase and being they were like they were, they were having a conversation a member like vividly his face saying this is record from a band called blizzman shit called spirals like this is like the heaviest record i've ever heard so, it's like it's just ingrained in my head and that's what made me okay well who who's his band let I me mean, listen i mean this listen to blizzman shed spirals so yeah, you have to so the music we, we're talking about the music but then the vocals obviously oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah the vocals were just um very disgusting um, and then he sings and you're good with it you know, <laughs> no, there, cool, there, yeah. there, there's a, like track five or six is a is a ballad, you know, um, and it's gorgeous. Um, and, and don't cheat people. Listen to the whole album. Mm -hmm. But there's a payoff. The final song, Cortisone, <laughs> that build up. Oh, the build up. Oh, my Lord. Um, that's something that, that's been lost in songwriting. I've realized in, the build uh, now, up? like this build ups. Mm. That this kind of this will just take you to like this other dimension of heaviness, dude. Musical foreplay. Okay. That's right. That's, that's, a, that's, a, um, that's an other way to put it. A yeah. lost art. Oh, shout out to Oblige. Look at this beauty. And I'm not talking uh, expectance. I'm talking Operation Bloodshed demo. Shout out to Greg Wilburn and Martin and Greg and all those homies. Yeah, for like a quick year, he sang for a fit for. Autopsy, and him and Mitch are like best friends. Lucky them, because Greg is uh, still. I mean, I know he's he's, he's, he's one of my best friends, but he's he's phenomenal. I think one of the most underrated vocalists ever. Yeah. yeah. So fun stuff, you know. I was never a Shadows Fall uh, fan, but that's uh, it's in there. It's in there. Well, so so, <laughs> so so is the soundtrack to Twenty Eight Days Later. Shout out to uh, um, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. <laughs> It's crazy how he kept this. Well, sure. I mean, there's there's only a few things that because I've moved probably four or five times since '06, mm. uh, but you know, CDs were the only medium of uh, of music for a while, so had to keep a keep a hold of it. Um, yeah. So these must be returned to you. Not all of these are yours, but yeah. the ones that are. Uh, I see a lot of burnt CDs. That uh, a lot of burnt CDs. I would course, say. Of course. You know, we went and saw, um, we ran into each other at the Meshuga show in mm -hmm. October. Yeah. And uh, the Sinai Beach guitar player was there. Please forgive me. Um, Mike? No, not Mike. Um, oh, I feel terrible. I, I, I only met him a couple times, but we were chatting and I was sharing with him that Sinai Beach was also a big influence. Mm hmm That, uh, yep. that demo and then their, uh, their first album, really heavy stuff. Um, uh I know that Mike wrote most of that stuff, but uh, um, yeah, really, really heavy. So Sinai Beach, um, I think, played a role. Um, you know, uh, to go to go back to 
I think we should back up. I do want to talk about, you know, he talked about Rick's exit. We'll talk a little bit about my exit, but um, notpopular.com. I'm sure you recall that. I remember when we had put out our first demo. Um, not it was after the uh, Death Awaits demo, and then we had put out the uh, Love Juice demo, the mm-hmm. one with the the violent image on the cover yeah. and and everything. And, and we almost broke up after that recording um, because it oh, was we, we, we almost broke up. Yeah, because it was that upsetting, you yeah. know. Oh my well, as you said, the, the sure. drum tracks were unsalvageable. Um, and that is, uh, I'm sure one of the common, you know, the common perils of, uh, joining a band with friends is that you have to balance yeah. friendship with collaboration. Yep. And, you know, people, th- people just latched onto something else though. They latched on to the live performance mm. and suicide silence going crazy and they latched on to the vocals. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, Anyways, no, it's a good point. No, you're right. Um, you're right, and that was, uh, I think, a selling point for a while, wasn't it? Is that well, you have to see them live to understand it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But at that point, it's like, isn't it like saying that? Oh yeah, I just watched Fear and Loathing. It's awful, and then someone says, No, you have to watch it high, and you then you understand it. You gotta watch the musical it. Fear and Loathing. <laughs> like, no, yeah. <laughs> you gotta do mushrooms while while, while being naked. You know, it's just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. but it just, it, it, it's like, okay, so you you need some kind of, you know, intoxicated, you need to be in an intoxicated state to appreciate it. That's that's <laughs> almost worse. Good. Yeah, it makes you feel good. That's good. Um, but yeah, we had almost broke up for sure. And I think, um, remember I was, I was hitting John Shelley and then, and then you and Mitch found yeah. out. I may, I don't recall that, um, but that would have been a good idea because Shelley was stellar <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, but, uh, not popular.com. So, you know, our name got out there and I vividly remember the, uh, uh, a description that somebody had put up there when suicide silence became a topic on not pop. And the, the one person had posted, it sounds like hardcore kids trying to play death metal and doing a piss poor job. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Looking back, I, I, I <laughs> it makes me grin, uh, you know, uncontrollably, but I know at the time um, that was very upsetting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, what the fuck you? Yeah. Yeah. Who, let's find this kid. You know, who's, who's X, Jackrabbit X or whatever. <laughs> um, but looking back, that's quite funny. And I think that it's not far off because, again, um, we were simply attempting to emulate eternal suffering and disgorge and, and all the rest of it. But, you know, those were very practiced and uh, very, um, I would say, technically proficient musicians doing what they did and mm. i tried to skip all that i tried to do blast beats just by hearing it yeah <laughs> and thinking okay the snare drum is happening here a lot god there's a lot of snare drum so i just have to hit the snare drum as quickly as possible and it'll work out but mm-hmm. i didn't learn meter or you know tempo until rick came along and then taking lessons with uh with chris but um, yeah, Rick, you came in and took music to a whole new level, and 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 to your maybe that subconsciously you know pushed Josh a lot more. And then uh, to to your credit, Josh, I mean once that that terrible day at Love Juice where we had we had to go back and redo drums to to the EP <laughs> was that was a massive jump. And I don't it's a it's a moment that you know whenever I look back, it's, it's just a fond memory. It's like we didn't really know what we were doing, and that EP that was really caught on like and like a nationally and like worldwide you know like uh, do do you remember us us recording that in a in someone's garage yeah which one 
we recorded that at Nick Rendahu's place. R- R- Rendawa, yeah, Nick yeah. Rendawa, um, also known as Nika Singh. Shout out to Nick. Yeah, he he produced that whole album, and you're right. His uh, it, it was a studio. I mean, he yeah, he, 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 he made it look nice. He made it. it he, he made it really uh, really slick. But yeah, um, there was a jump. Sure, I recognize that a from jump. from uh, the old EP to the uh, ending is the beginning EP. Um, like that is not the same drummer. Well, again, that's that's lessons, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit of progress and encouragement, and threats also help. You know, yeah. Um, I also, you, you never threaten me. I, I want to say too, it. we tuned up. I think a half step. Like I said, when we joined, I was like, "Geez, I can't hear anything we're playing in G." So mm-hmm. how about a flat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that makes a difference. I bet you heard. Yeah. I bet you heard the guitars better. I remember asking Josh, like, "Can you hear what I'm playing?" And him being like, uh, not really. And I just turned the cabinet directly to his ear. And he's like, oh, that's better. So, you know, hearing and practicing, um, I'm sure made a big difference. Yeah. And well, we- not I'm sure it, it did. Um, yeah, that was that was a good, re- good recording. Yeah, I think, uh, um, and by that point, I think we had met Jerry. And um, he was helping to kind of guide and push things along and... Uh, I just want to point out, not musically. I just want to make sure that that's out out there. When you said guide and push, I just want to oh. I'm like, no, no, no. Musically, we were doing yeah. our, yeah. our thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. just the uh, the apparatus, the um, the, ov- the overall project, the collaboration, the uh, the work, the touring, uh, et cetera, promotion. I mean, Jerry's an animal when it comes to promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine he still is, but at the time, he was quite good at it. So yeah, fi- fire off some more some more EP questions or, or things that jog your memory about that time because um, yeah, I know that that EP. Once that EP came out, that's when the copycats really started to, to spread. Uh, <clears throat> once uh, California, then it started slowly going uh, in like a national basis. Hmm. You know, so and uh, obviously uh, there was like that. You go towards like a not pop comment which is so simple but it's like it when you're a kid and you read that you're like the fuck but we really were hardcore kids just playing death metal terribly <laughs> and it just came out in a way where like we we latched on to something yeah you know yeah. we latched on to something and there was like these little moments that literally like i mean it's why i'm still here i mean the little things like you know rick joining uh us going back to a and mm. rick you you uh i remember Watching Torrent then, listening to Torrent then, like that, what is, what is, what the fuck's he playing? Mm-hmm. And you had this PV5152 through mm-hmm. a Marshall straight cab, mm-hmm. which pretty much ingrained everything I do today. Still will tell me, it has to be straight cab. Yeah. And I list, uh, if, if it wasn't for you, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten a PV5152. And that really created and like put the stamp on that kind of tone. I remember you going amp after amp. I'm like, yeah. Garza's mm-hmm. putting in hours at Onchos and he's using it to buy each amp one by one, try them out, yeah. play them, play them live. <laughs> and then like, nope. I remember coming to practice and you'd be like, I'm like, what is this? Got rid of it. Got got this Mesa, <laughs> or I mean I don't I don't remember yeah, VH, all the amps. VHT but, was that an amp? VHT, yeah. right? I mean, like I said, Chris kind of ran the gambit of like trying all of you know like really trying them all to find out what he mm-hmm. liked. So well, again, that's going back to your character of persistence. You were 
searching for a sound. You were and, searching for and a And Chris tone. was like, no, it's got to be a 5150. <laughs> it's got to be a Marshall straight cab. Why, um, did, why did you specifically get that amp? I think it was because I was following Throwdown. Like, you know, mm. I was being introduced to Throwdown Records. And, um, yeah, I think I saw a live video of them playing that. And I was like, yeah, that's, I want to get a 5150. But but it's such a crazy accident that there, there's a big dip on what uh, it's a big difference between a, a 5150 and a 5152. Two. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we see we saw bands like Throwdown, Bleeding Through, 18 Visions. They had the 5150, but the fact it seems like you accidentally got got the two and, and said fuck I, it, I'm buying I, it. <laughs> I I looked it up online. There was only one place that had it. And it was all the way in San Diego. I was working on the roof with my stepdad, saved up that money, uh, asked him if they had it in stock, went down there. And then then came the topic of cab. And I was like, I'm not sure what I should use. And I remember the person, the salesman being like, well, you know, this this Marshall straight cab, you know, probably be a good fit for oh, it. Oh, so it's actually like. 5150 raised to the two. It's yes. their, okay. their second iteration of I it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, the, uh, yeah, I remember reading about it after the fact. Recently, when we had met up in Denver, I had been doing research, um, and I was like, what was the difference? And for the most part, it was just like, this is our second attempt at it. But they did make some amendments to the the higher frequencies, and um, to me, it just cuts through a mix a little bit better. The the fifty one fifty original just seemed like it was a little bit more muddy, so it's and, so weird, so crazy. It, but, it, it was it, it was it was an accident. Yeah, I guess. And then I hmm. I was playing through an Ibanez um, RG, and um, I think it's Demarzio pickups that are in that. And yeah, <laughs> I just used everything stock on the guitar. I have my next one liner for Home Depot. I'll just tap someone on the shoulder and say, you know, there's a big difference between the 5150 oh and the 5152, and just leave Boom. it at that. Boom. Yeah, and someone's just like, two? That guy knows yeah. his amps, you know. You have to pick up these uh, these these one-liners. Um, Rick, on the way over here, we were listening to Ending is the Beginning and, again, trying to stimulate our, uh, <laughs> our recollection, but... Um, I asked you because you always bring up Slayer um, quite frequently um, as a major influence on you and Justin, um, Justin Smith, uh, vocalist, writer for Torn Within. And I asked you, was there any of that in the uh, EP? And you did find some spots. You know, when you brought that question up, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure now. Um, oh, that's what prompted us to turn it on then. And but, then, uh, so... The first track on there is ending is the beginning, and it's like, nah, not really. It's not really evident in there, but but kind of. So what I picked up from Slayer was like their sick harmonies. You know, Carrie mm -hmm. King's playing the riff right here, but Jeff is playing it somewhere else, and it puts together that really dissonant or or minor harmony. And I was like, that sounds evil. That was always my word to describe like, oh, that harmony. So, um, I think there's, there's some of that harmony between Chris and I, where I'm playing a riff here and Chris is playing it someplace else, but specifically on, uh, terribly, what's that? Terribly. Yes. <laughs> no, no, 
And then, but specifically, Slayer comes out on on Swarm, and it's that it's the riff that he goes and there's like that fast riff and then there's a chord behind it Mm -hmm. and the chord is is again this like dissonant chord but that riff in general is like we never would have done that i never would have done that if it wasn't for slayer and um yeah but the harmony those that fast riff and swarm um you know, basically circle pit parts for me, uh, thrashy circle pit parts. Mm. Uh, that's I, all Slayer. And that's another way that we constructed songs was it was either Mitch's body language or it was saying, okay, here's the breakdown and then we need a circle pit part. So uh, literally using cues from a show mm-hmm. to drive the songwriting process. Crazy. Um, so funny. I'm, I'm sure many, many young kids and, and people do that but um i always thought that was a uh unique a, a unique way to approach it like let's make this you know let's associate our physical experiences what it is we observe at a show and put that into our songwriting um, interesting well it's true isn't it i mean yeah. um no, this true. we would say people are going to go nuts for this part you know or if we wrote something um when we you know you wrote the um the first breakdown on ending is the beginning and then Chris and Mitch come in to, to hear it. Um, we were excited to show you that that big gap yeah. in between Damn. the uh, that yeah. We all we all started laughing because we thought it was so much fun. I'll never forget Chris walking. We're like yeah. Chris Chris is standing at the door. I think actually we might have been in the middle of playing it, and Chris walks in. He's just like like you know, just that, just that Filthy. face yeah. that face. There it is. Um, and. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Slayer for me was, um, I mean, I, I feel like I was a better guitar player because I was learning South of Heaven and mm. Angel of Death and uh, these these songs from them. And um, But the harmony thing, um, harmonizing guitars, um, you know, I always, I always found that to be interesting. Like, oh, it's cool when both guitars play unison. But what's even better is if the guitars play harmony before the breakdown. And then when we play unison, it sounds that much more heavy, that much more impactful. So that was kind of the <clears throat> the influence. About a plane crash, what was... That thing's a... Song's fucked. <laughs> that thing's a mess, but it's fun. It's, so, <clears throat> again, just thinking about, like... <clears throat> so we got all these sludgy, heavy, you know, parts... And it's like, that's cool. We're all playing in unison. There's, you know, the tempo slows down. But it was like, I always felt like the way you get in and out of a part, especially a breakdown, the way you get in and come out of it, like, to me, that's what makes the breakdown either memorable or more interesting. Mm, Was like, here's this heavy breakdown, but what if the thing that we do right before it is we're playing, you know, high-pitched notes, doing some riff high up so that, when the breakdown drops in, we get to, you know, the first fret and, and playing open. So in about a plane crash, there's, well, I'm, I'm thinking about Swarm specifically, but, and then Dying Fetus. When I heard Dying Fetus and just their, their heavy parts, they're not breakdowns, they're, they're heavy parts is how I always saw Dying Fetus. Like, I was like, oh, so I don't always have to play a breakdown. I can just think of this next part as being a heavy part. And if the drums are playing the beat fast first, the blast beat, 
we're playing something heavy, which is, you know, counterintuitive at the time of like, oh, if there's a fast beat, then we play a fast riff. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, drums are playing fast, we're playing slow. And then when Josh would go into, you know, kind of playing slower, chuggy, chuggy with us, uh, to me, that was, that was everything. Um, specifically in a better plane crash, the ding, 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 ding. yeah. So like, that's my favorite part uh, till this day is that ding, 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 the harmonies, yeah. and then heavy, and so I, I would like dying to, fetus. That uh, was that was dying fetus. For dying me. fetus. You 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 point out that they they're not breakdowns, but I have seen a young man in the dying fetus pit. Everybody circle pitting, push moshing, except for one young man who is hardcore dancing. Oh my goodness. That was you. Oh my goodness. In the corner. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that again. Amazing. Yeah. Visually, it just uh, I think represents how you you were in the the milieu of two separate genres almost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It was always trying to like being like uh, I'm not sure the right way to put it like middleman, but like I wanted mm. to push mosh and dance, you know, and it's just kind of what we've always done. Yeah, and why know? why wouldn't you? You can make yeah. a burrito with Alfredo sauce. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do not recommend that. No, that's just a, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> you you were always super passionate about. You were always very passionate about about music. Um, you know, and um, I just found that to be, you know, it really like pushed that, that in a way was a catalyst also to be like, for me anyways, to be like, what can I do that would be the Chris, when he walks in, makes that face of like, this is, this is sick. So that was also a catalyst too, was to try and just be a little bit different. So like Swarm as, as has that really chaotic part before the breakdown, uh, in the, towards the end of the song and, uh, Josh just shared with me why Mitch called that song Swarm. Oh, it was because of the like just the, the really like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like that sounds like a swarm. That sounds like a bee swarm. Like, <laughs> I'm going to call it Swarm. But the idea was like, yeah, uh, trying to be different and mm-hmm. and um you know uh and, and just trying to be interesting musically. Um like how about we throw in this weird this weird off time sort of part and again back to blood has been shed and their off time breakdowns and um yeah i just well swarm were... swarm was uh, also a, sort of a momentous song because <laughs> it was the first time <laughs> yeah. we jen, had jen, uh, jen, i think tried to structure a song it was the first time we tried to actually bring parts back. And, oh yeah, and there yeah. was there wasn't a chorus, but there was a trying to bring something back. Something, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't think uh, we had ever done that until that song. Um, uh, and again, I there's, think there's hints of it in, in Bludgeon to Death too. There's there's a fast riff in the beginning that after the breakdown, I think it comes back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess that's pretty subtle. But well, then your 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 Demu Burger fandom comes out in Swarm. Because it's it got that evil sound that yeah, like know, some a little bit of some dissonant harmony. Um, I was really into Demi Bogier's, uh I don't I think it's their first album or maybe second. The album cover's purple. It's got like a woman chained up on it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's nice. Jay. I know um, that's not nice. Uh, so that, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that their sound, the yeah, that was influential. Um, yeah, sort of like a black metal, black metal. I would love to say I was in a black metal band, but I know black metal fans are like, no, Suicide Silence is not black metal. Oh my god, that would they would <laughs> find me and kill me. But, <laughs> well, but we but we wait. had we had some parts um, yeah, on the course, EP that were like, yeah, you know, uh, four more minutes of this and <laughs> oh yeah, this, this is this is straight. But you know that idea of just meshing like, okay, like we can have circle pit fast parts, but what if it sounded more black metal? You know that that would be cool, uh, sound more interesting. Well, it raises a fun question: Would you, Chris? Would Uh-oh. would you rather be genre defining? Or genre defying. Uh, a, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because you're you're kind of both, aren't you? Because at the mm-hmm. time, nobody knew what to do with us. At the time, no one knew what the fuck, yeah, was going on. Because only crazy. Gabe was really uh, Gabe Ochoa was the only reason we were able to play shows because yeah, we were friends, nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I think we started. Uh, you know, playing at showcase and we were able to hear each other a little bit better than maybe it gave us a, a leg up. But, um, do you remember any of those like backyard shows in Watts or Riverside, San Bernardino? I remember a few of them. The sound, I mean, painful, like playing outdoors. Um, I don't think what we did was conducive to outdoors. Uh, no, <laughs> but that's where like the live show really kicks in. Right? If it sounds like shit, I mean, at least at least has to look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the aesthetics, um, the aesthetics matter. That was part of the reason why, you know, it was like a cue for people to go nuts at a show was because, well, if the band is going nuts to this part, then we should go nuts to this part. So I, I don't know. What I the think, hell is going on on the <laughs> fucking computer right now? <laughs> I think the I think oh, the wow. live the live show stuff was so, what did I say backyard really made us backyard in High Grove where I don't even know what's high where, there's Josh hey yep that sounds about right um, all you hear is a snare and a cymbal wow Holy yeah shit. that's sick. That's, um, it also uh, goes to show the uh, importance of uh, working your ass off and buying your a sick ass half stack. Work, working at Starbucks or being a dishwasher, we fucking worked our ass off to, to buy our gear. Yeah. Just we, in case you play a shitty backyard show. Well, we should have invested in, invested in lights. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty dark there. Um, and so that, I mean, I ugly drummer in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That added to the that <laughs> added to the amb- that added to the ambiance like it's all dark and there's some brutal music playing like mm-hmm. outside like and people are swinging their arms right in front of you it was like you know those shows uh, stuff like that was memorable. Um, I was wondering like what like was there a time when like uh, like did any of us like oh like I were like, like we're doing something like sometimes something's like some, something's connecting because it was I don't know there was no deathcore scene or shows to play you just kind of play hardcore shows like a definitely show here and there i was kind of mm-hmm. thinking back like if something happened or oh, dude rick you're going insane there 
Holy fucking moly. <laughs> that, that's us at Redlands playing that's the church. Not the, that's not the backyard show? No. What, would you say it's in Redlands? Yeah. Uh, that means I'm playing a Les Paul. Of thing. course, Gabe, oh, yeah, you Gabe got, posted all you these. You got that Gibson Les Paul. was sick. That was my first show playing a Les Paul. Um, Style points for the Les Paul. Yes. I mean, at least well, There's I, Nick. You I can thought. see Nick Rendell in the, in the bygone shirt. The pistols. Damn, Mike with the, the, the wristbands. Really bringing that, like, pseudo-gauntlet style. Who, who else played that show? Probably Death Star. Or Death Star, man. <laughs> Shit, that's sick. But, but to your point, to your point, though, is that where, where did we play and who did we play with? I, I guess we'd have mm. to go back and look at the flyers I for know. some of this stuff. But it w death metal, I think, didn't want us. No, at all. They were like, you, no, no way. Still, still kind of that way. No. I mean, yeah, mm. yeah, there are still people who are just like, call it death metal if it's only death metal. Hey, yeah. but we did play Aborted's first West Coast show. That was sick. I mean, how cool was that? Yeah. Right? Meeting those um, legends. Um, we played with Phobia. Um, early on, you did or torn within. I, thought, I don't think we I, did. I thought we played with phobia. Um, I don't recall that. Mm. Neither. Man, God forbid. God forbid was sick. Um, and and there between what, the buried and me. Yeah, we played with BT Bam. God, what an influence Silent Circus was on us. Of course, um, for mind me, blowing. For me, it was the first one. Uh, their first subtitled. Their first mm. record. That's that. Again, to talk about the off time stuff and swarm like between the buried and me had all these weird what i just would call weird parts i was like oh that makes it interesting before you go into a heavy breakdown yeah the, the, the sf title came out in 2002 wow yeah that's so title man it was nuts i want to uh, bring up the garza blast okay so you were uh, very insistent that i learn how to do a, a euro blast mm-hmm I had found a video by Kevin Talley. Kevin Talley, yeah. Great, great drummer video, instructional video that really helped, um, you know, get my, my tempo and my, uh, my blasts sounding more like a real blast beat. Yeah. But almost every day you'd be on the kit and you would say, it's this, you know, and you do those bell on, you know, Euro blasts. And Garza I, I would be on the drum kit. Yep. So yeah. that's, that's good to point out that Garza I, I, was playing drums too. I, I couldn't get, yes, very well. I just, I couldn't get that in between, you yeah. know, but every once in a while I'd nail it and you'd always go like, yeah, like that <laughs> while we were playing. It was like we were on a, um, a roller coaster together. Yeah. Um, blast beats. Uh, the, I, I remember the first time I ever heard a blast beat was, uh, um, a kid named Aaron Mitchell had come over to my house. It was like fifth grade, and he brought Ace, wow. he brought Ace Ventura, sick. Um, and you know the famous Cannibal Corpse scene. Which song is that? Hammer Smash Face. Is it? Oh, yeah. fantastic! So it's still still Chris Barnes at yeah. the time, right? Shout out to Chris Barnes, um, the man. Yeah, and again, I it, for me it stuck. That was <laughs> the <laughs> so good. Um, that stuck and just remembering it, it's just, it's just snare. It's just rapid snare over and over again. Um, but it wasn't until watching that Kevin Talley video and then you insisting on playing the Garza blast that there were versions of it. One time Brandon Trahan, uh, came over and he was on the kit blasting and he's just 
ripping, right? Because he's yeah, so phenomenal. And I don't think there's ever been a drummer who's come over and played that I wasn't, uh, uh, that I was better than. It was either Shelly or Josh or Brandon, everybody, Chris Aries just killing it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a miracle that um, you kept me around for four years, um, truthfully. And probably supplemented by the fact that we were friends prior to the band, and yeah, I was doing coworkers, coworkers, co-workers yeah, yeah. Um, doing other things uh, to try and support the uh, the band as a project and family friend, family yeah. friend at that point, sure, sure, um, Mitch's ride, um, so maybe that factored into it. Um, I, I do want to talk about the exit, but but, mm-hmm. bef- but before doing that, and I, I hope I'm not monopolizing too much of this, um, the samples, the Family Guy samples. Yes. Did that bother you? No, I was think I was just really confused because I remember like, <laughs> well, for one, like we're we're at Love Juice again because the the first attempt was was not exactly great, and we go back and then okay, like it's, it's done, and you and Mitch were like throwing on. Hey, try, put, put, put this sample like in front of front of a song. I remember hearing. I remember like that's a vivid memory I have. Sitting down on the couch because they're mixing it. I was, and you guys were laughing. I was not laughing. <laughs> you see, I, but I, I wasn't mad or like no. It was like they're laughing. I don't know what's going on. And then yeah. they just kind of it just no one said take it out. <laughs> it didn't stop us. So yeah. So, you know, we were in the car. Um, I don't know where we were driving, but it was just me and Mitch. And, and I suggested to him, um, we were in love with Family Guy. It was, mm-hmm. I don't know, three or four seasons deep. And we were both um, fans of the show. And I said, you know, we should do Family Guy samples in the songs. And he just lit up the car. He was like, that's amazing. And then we just started talking about which ones to use. And the Tom mm-hmm. Hanks one came up and the diarrhea one and and like, so on. And again, as a fan or as someone who's watching Suicide Silence play and they're hearing a Family Guy sample, you know, Josh is thinking like, ah, I'm not very good at drums or, or whatever, Josh. But mm-hmm. it's like people were latching on to different things. You know, oh, this band is going nuts. It's our shtick. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, that sample, it's like a memorable uh, piece of ear candy to be like, oh, I remember that band um, with, the, with, the, with the Kool-Aid sample. That's another Crazy. one. And if you, uh, not to abuse this power, but um, there's a show we played in, I think, Virginia? No. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> What's south of Virginia? North Carolina? Um, somewhere on the the East Pull Coast. The <laughs> uh, well, we, we played a show at a place um, somewhere over there on the, the Southeast. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the first track we played was um, um, Disordered Thought of Addiction, which has the Kool-Aid Man clip right. in it. And uh, was it Virginia? Is that, is that the no, one? Uh, south of... I don't know. Virginia is North North Carolina. Now you said that, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I just can't recall which venue we were at, but... Um, also, uh, fucking, who knows, basement, whatever. Well, at this point, you've played a million places, so... Um, but, no, I think it was, uh, like, a le- legit venue. Um, yeah. Uh, but the point is, is that the uh, um, the kids in the crowd, they um, they all finished the Kool-Aid oh, yeah. clip. Yeah. So it's funny how, you know, a small thing, just a little, 
it was nothing more than something to make us laugh. And clearly it did. So I think that was something that Mitch and I shared was our sense of humor. And that came from, you know, hanging out, living together and, and being associated um, and established well outside of the, uh, the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did always wonder, going back to my question, if that bothered you. Never, I don't know. It's still like, it, I, was never, I never loved it. I was, it was just, I couldn't, like, you can't deny like the reaction. Yeah. You know, you, you and Mitch were still stoked on it. I was just confused. And just, it yeah. just never got taken out. I guess that's probably why I, I, I uh, perceived you to be frustrated by it. But confusion is probably a good word. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's either gonna make make you laugh or gonna be really confused. Like, what the fuck was that? Mm. <laughs> Virginia Beach. That is the show. It was like 2005 or 2006. Virginia Beach. That's where it was. Oh, Peppermint Beach Club. That's the name of it. Yeah. Wow, that sounds really impeccable highbrow. memory. Yeah. Impeccable, but Sometimes. that's I mean, highbrow venues. That's the mm. kind of stuff you Sorry, know that let me we're say made that of. Again. Yeah. Impeccable, impeccable memory you got. Appreciate that. Sometimes yeah. it's there. Some other times it's like it's. Oh wow. Well, hence, <laughs> hence the artifacts. Yeah, uh, hence the artifacts. Um, especially given you know how far along you are in this project, it's uh, probably got to be a challenge to sort through, you know, uh, memories. Um, Family Guy. Uh, did you after I? Um, uh, left. Did you continue doing the samples? If so, for how long? And you may not even mm. recall. I, I I don't recall. I think this it was around the same time we started to write. No, we I think we stopped doing it because we were we started to write the uh, cleansing, like right. It was like a it was right after, and then obviously now now we're dealing with, like legal issues. And Is yeah, there... I recall management even when I was still in the band being like. Like, you know, yeah. Jerry wasn't, like, stoked about it. It was just kind of like, oh, that's cute. So kind of like, it sounds like you and him had a similar sure. reaction to it. But So there were no samples on the cleansing? Is no. It, no? Okay. So uh, just, just for, I mean, just legal. Oh, I haven't seen this sense, ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. So what does this say? Intro. Oh, yeah, this is the one. Look at, those head, look at those head, head uh, yeah. windmills. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a, a rack. Yeah, you had that for a while. That's right. Oh, this was when Unanswered was an intro, and we just had those two parts. That's right. What an accident. What an accident that was. And, oh, and correct. Diarrhea clip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, you're getting uncomfortable, right? <laughs> we, we, we thought that was cool at some point. What the well, fuck? it was... I don't want to... I don't want to make it seem like it was like uh, an artistic epiphany. It wasn't. It was just a couple of chuckleheads sure. thinking that this might be a fun tension between this darker, heavier music yeah. and just the, you know, the absurdness of Family Guy. But yeah. m- musically, there's that element of like That'll time. Keep- it keeps time during That'll- a break and everyone knows when to come in because of, you know. This is it, right? Aquí está. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so that worked, you know? Worked. I mean, there's a lot of people mosh right now. Holy yeah. shit. I don't remember it being that insane. Yeah, well, you probably we're, don't we're remember. Dumb kids, man. Fucking crazy. And Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we, uh, so we drive home, 
that wasn't that kind of like the beginning of like your you you leaving oh yeah for sure um the drive so, from the east coast back west straight back a, straight back a lot of time to think about your, your life so sure. yeah my god um and uh and uh, uh recognize the tensions that were being built so we did that tour this is in 06 right is there a date on that video because that was the tour that was my last tour it's got to be oh, oh that was sorry. that was three years ago <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it was man. three years ago. <laughs> I wish. God. I say it was 0506. Oh, 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 so, so, yeah. Uh, we, we could probably find out the exact date because we went out yeah. there to play New, New England. That's right. New England Metal Fest was the the uh, the final stop of that two-week was tour. It, was it with Behemoth? Excuse me. Behemoth Demu? No. No. No, this Demu. one, oh, I don't remember who had like, Dragon Force. Was one of the headliners. Really? Yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember the lineup at all. Well, because we didn't stay. So here's, here's and this is a good, I think, uh, focus. 2006. You know, was it 06? 06. There you have it. April yeah, 30th, April. 2006. Yeah, I remember driving through Tornado Alley, and everybody in the van is asleep, and I'm just looking yeah, for purple clouds, um, waiting for the big one to drop. So, you know, we played on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And we had to drive back um, that night to get back Monday morning to California. So we drove from Massachusetts oh, yeah. to California. Jesus. And, and it was it was 72 hours straight. Something happened in Texas, maybe a tire blew, but that was our only stop. Because uh, Megan and I, my wife, then girlfriend, needed to get back to class on uh, Monday. We, we were We were only given um, uh, that much time off before we had to drop classes. But again, it's a good element to focus on because it really um, kind of sheds light on the tensions that were being built. Mm -hmm. You guys, Mark, Chris, Mitch, you were probably like, I want to stay and watch the rest of Metal Fest, but no, I got to drive back because mm -hmm. Josh and, and Megan have their obligations. So, you know, start with the fact that um, I was insisting on bringing my girlfriend on tour. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, um, what a bad idea um, for you guys, for her, for me. Um, but uh, being a controlling person, um, I still very much am, but I, I hope that I keep it in check a little bit better. But at the time, I was unaware, I think, of how controlling I was. I um, naively believed that I could balance these two things, that I can have a relationship with my soulmate mm -hmm. and also be in a full-time touring death metal band with Mitch Lucker and Chris Garza. Um, very, very silly. And so as things were beginning to be, you know, uh, becoming more serious, there was that um, UK tour that was booked. It's like a yes. month long, right? It was happening. It was a done deal. Sick. That was sort of the, I think that was booked right after that tour, right? Of but course. just the mm -hmm. idea, you know, uh, my my poor wife is 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 just I'm putting her through this terrible experience. I'm putting you guys mm -hmm. through this terrible experience. Um, you know, that really marked the beginning of the end and then learning that there that there was this tour happening. And so all of these competing interests in my life were colliding, you know, mm -hmm. music, touring, my financial situation, 
it was, it was me. It was, it was, you know, didn't live with my parents. There was no, you know, fallback plan. So if I quit my job at Ancho's, that'd be, you know, that'd be it. Yeah. Yeah. While you're saying this, Josh, just want to add that, yeah, you were very responsible uh, is what I'm hearing that Mm -hmm. you had been um, providing for yourself since you were in your early teens. None of us were doing that. I mean, so I'm, I hear what you're saying. I just wanted to add that additional, like, you know, you were, you were an adult, um, thinking, thinking like an adult before, before I was, I'll say that. That may have been part of my hubris in, you know, in terms of, well, I've had a job and I know better than these guys. You know, I have responsibility. I book mm-hmm. the shows. I don't know. I, that, that, that may, uh, um, be an accurate account of what happened, but, um, you know, it just, it needed to happen at some point. I think I was just um, putting it off or I didn't want to accept the realities that, dude, you got to make a choice, man. You're either going to go on the road and you're going to do this full time or you got to break it off. And and I didn't. I just kept kidding myself until the very end. Mm-hmm. And so we had the show booked. We were already looking to find a fill-in drummer to go to UK to play the drums. Um, were we? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, right? So... All these, you know, hints that were coming, uh, that were becoming far less subtle with every passing day. Um, and then the last show I played, I didn't know it at the time, but California Metal Fest. Mm. I think the first and maybe the only California Metal Fest. Yeah. I don't know if there were more, but that turned out to be my last show. Um, we had a meeting, uh, came together, and uh, you guys basically said, look, dude, like, you got to make a decision. And I don't want to speak for you, but I think that you knew, Jerry knew, Mitch knew what I was going to choose. Yes. But I just was so stubborn. I just would not, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't be the adult and the the adult who I thought I was. I couldn't just stop and say, you're right. You guys, you're right. I need to work. I need to have an income. You know, my lady is here. Um, She is everything to me. Um, I thought I could merge the two. It was painful. It was a painful breakup. Um, and uh, so painful that uh, I didn't speak to you or Mitch or anybody for six years. And unfortunately, the uh, um, reason we uh, um, did come back together was Mitch's passing. Um, still regret that very much. Um, I'd reached out to him because uh, a few months before he passed, he was injured. Go figure, right? Oh, yeah, his name was, uh, yeah, you're right fell on stage or something. I don't know what happened, yeah. but I had seen like something on lamb goat. I was like, Oh dear, I better, I better reach out to him. It's been long enough. And so I messaged him. I think it was on Facebook. Um, he never messaged back. And then a few months later saw the, well, I didn't see anything. Pat called me, our buddy, Pat, um, old friend, Pat Ramirez called me at work and told me the news. And then I saw you that night mm-hmm. outside of uh, John's tattoo shop. And we embraced, we cried hard cried ugly and uh, really weird because, you know, never thought that that would be the moment we'd reconnect. At a vigil, no. or is that, did I pronounce that right? A vigil? Yeah, right, at a vigil. Um, it just, it goes to show, you know, don't wait, don't hesitate. Um, looking back, all of those things are so incredibly petty. Um, water under the bridge, um, you know, and uh, 
Uh, don't take for granted the opportunity to apologize, recognize your faults, recognize where you could have been a better person, and uh, you know, don't ever get to a position where you know you regret making that phone call or driving out to see somebody and just saying, "Hope you're okay." You don't have to be best friends. We wouldn't have been, but yeah, just to have the opportunity to check in and and say, you know, I'm glad that you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a, a rough time because. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of funny and interesting to hear Rick talk about your, like, departure. Because for me, it was personal. But I, I don't think it was personal because, like, it's like you're, it's like you're being abandoned. Even though, even though the, if the decision is right, you're like, why, why is Rick leaving? Mm. You, know? you felt like you were, he abandoned? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that was like a weird, even though, like, you eventually came back and did, uh, Mitch's memorial, which at that point might have been seven years. It was a long time. Hadn't spoken to any of you guys. Yeah, we only had spoken in six, maybe eight years. It was nuts. And I, I never thought that. I never ever once, l- like, looked back. Um, you know, I wasn't playing uh, heavy music. I was going to school. I was in Northern California. I think mm-hmm. Josh, you called me. Somehow got my number because my number had changed several times. And, um, yeah, I thought that was, uh, pretty mind blowing because Mitch had passed and kind of at the drop of a hat, I, you know, the call's happening. And then I think it was just two weeks later that, you know, I, or I I don't, I don't really recall, uh, how much time had passed between that call and then the actual memorial service. But that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh. It's like it, it's it's weird when, you know, you're, yeah. No, even then, even then when we got together, obviously, um, you know, things were chaotic because uh, Mitch is no longer alive. But it, in my mind, that time was also chaotic because, you know, we hadn't talked in a long time. And it it's not like we all of a sudden just were like, oh, you know, well, best friends. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was like, like that. It was, it was like, I got to learn the music again. Uh, Mitch had passed. Everyone's kind of got, you know, um, lots of things that they're contemplating. Yeah, that was that was when we, uh, yeah, all all reunited for that. So, and uh, yeah, at that point, you know, because I mean, I've, when you're a kid playing music, it's just like you are. You, you become close and good good friends. And you, you know, at that point, it's personal because to me, it's all of me works. Becoming one of my best friends, we're gonna travel the world together and all this. So when you leave, it's like, even though for you it's very natural, I was like, kind of in the back of my head, you know, it's like, well, shit, shit sucks. Well, yeah, I, mm. I never, yeah, it's, yeah. Again, in my mind, I was, you're, you're like, was that, was that a rough time? You know, were we, was there animosity? I'm like, no, it was, I was just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and in Chris's Fuck. mind, you're sharing, yeah. So, yeah, was yeah funny. never knew that. And and Josh was even worse because I mean, Josh definitely, um, like. You were you were one of my best friends at that, at that point, you know. It's like it was you, um, uh, you Mitch, uh, David Ingram, tried to help my coat. These like I have like you know you, you only have a few, you know. It's like once you're leaving, it's like what? It's like, yeah, that's a that's a I, yeah. No, we didn't talk. You know, I lost one of my best friends, you know, and then you know we don't talk for six fucking years. We go from like. Yeah, we're, we're buddies and then you don't talk or even see someone 
for years. Coworkers, family, yeah. friends, yeah. the homies. Yeah. Um, you know? It's probably terrible for, I mean, all, at both sides, you know? Well, sure. Again, it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard. Most bands, at least in our experience, in our, you know, um, little musical world, most bands start as friends. Mm-hmm. And so the tension that's created between friendships mingling with musicianship, mingling with writing, and then the schedule and competing time, competing interest. A new it's very member, hard. a new member joining like a manager, you know, that mm. there's new dynamics that yeah. get introduced. Yeah. Um, and and again, if you Jerry was in the right in terms of I think he saw the potential and he was that that hand, the, the moving things forward and knowing that if you guys wanted to be this, you needed to get someone who was all in, right? What was yeah. that? Oh, yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was the uh, enforcer for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and it's, I think, if anything, it's, it's advice from people to learn from that sometimes um, there, there are very few things that are truly special that you don't sacrifice for. There's always an element of sacrifice, no matter what. And it's about establishing, sometimes it's a harder journey than, uh, than not, but it's establishing your values, your personal values, and mm-hmm. looking back in hindsight and appreciating you know, your decisions, good or bad, but appreciating them for how they have molded you. you know, we're just pieces of wood gliding through the lathe of life and little by little those microscopic nicks shape us um mark had even i saw mark at chain reaction i think a few months after the breakup and he was so nice and he was trying to reach out to me and i shut him down mm. i was totally mean to him we've of course Sorry, since, how long ago was that well, this is well that's uh, uh like 2006 okay so uh, shortly after the breakup got it yeah. got it I, it wasn't yeah. clear to me so since then of course uh you know um Things have been um, patched up, and um, but again, it, it really revealed to me that um, you know a lot of that was me being the a hole, mm. you know. But again, you late teenagers, early twenties. Um, Come on, man, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> you know, uh, quick, yeah, quick little little thing. Um, I was so surprised, um, you know. Fast forward another uh, six years, um, and I see you in Denver. Um, just not, you know. Yeah, we just we just reconnected like last month. hadn't hadn't really you know uh, hadn't really spoken to you, and um, a lot of time had passed. Mitch had passed, and then even more time had had gone by. So a lot of time for me to process and and start to understand the impact that suicide silence is having on the world um it was like oh you know i share a piece of that i have a i played a part in that and there i am i'm at the i'm at the show in denver uh born of osiris just gets done and i'm flyering outside passing out flyers i'm like am i gonna go inside and see chris play and that's that's how i thought about it i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna go inside I go right in front of Chris, and Chris is on stage killing it, and um, the song ends, and I immediately go, Garza. Mm-hmm. And for for Chris, for you to look down and 
from the stage and be like, who said that, you know? And then, uh, yeah, that, I just, I just thought that was, that was a, a, a sign of, you know, um, how we have, how we have all learned, you know, um, you know, like to elaborate on what Josh was saying about like, you know, let this be a lesson, you know, um, life is short, you know, don't, don't hold these grudges. And then for Chris to be like, that's a familiar voice. Oh, that's Rick. And then, uh, let's hang out. Mind you, Suicide Silence is in like their third song. And Chris is talking to me from the stage, like, let's hang out after this. Are you down? And I was just like, this is pretty cool. Um, you know, humble, humbling feeling, also very uplifting feeling. Like Garz is on stage doing his thing. He's doing, he's providing a service for all of these people here. And he's taking this moment to just be like, dude, yeah, let's connect because a lot of time has passed. And uh, I just was very appreciative of you, you know. Um, yeah, very appreciative of that moment. And then to tie in, you know, Mark and, and Eddie and, and Dan, you know, me seeing them, um, you know, I, I, I never played with them. Um, I was, they weren't in the band when I was playing for them to be like, Oh, like, what's up, dude. And just really welcome me and embrace me. Um, at this point in your guys's career, I just was like kind of taken, taken aback and surprised and, um, yeah, I just, I guess I'm pointing out that, yeah, we, you guys, you guys have, uh, kept it humble. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. We've all, we've all learned and, and grown up, I, I guess. It's, we've all learned and grown up. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, it'll be, I mean, I wouldn't be up there if it wasn't for, you know, you, Rick, or, or you, Josh, you know, you, you helped me find myself when I was a kid. Um, songwriting which I eventually tools I learned well I, I took with me you know forever so I mean as I see you I'm like holy shit it's Rick you know I mean it's why it's why we're, we're up there you yeah. know you guys you guys played a, a massive part yeah it was, that was that was it's just been it, this is very cool very special um not to be like oh on the podcast but to uh be homies to be friends so um, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. Like after I go home from that run, I, I talked to my girlfriend say that I, I ran into you. It was just nice. It's funny when I look back at it now, at this moment t- right now, it's like, I'm like, wait, did, was the grudge just me? And then Rick was cool when he, like he left. And, but I was, I was telling, telling my, my girlfriend, CC like, uh, it was so cool to just hang out with them and talk to them and just kind of cool, cool the air. You know, and not even, not even just not even just to talk like, you know, but like, you know, um, eye contact and, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I'm like, these dudes just got done ripping a fat show and <laughs> they're playing, you know, with, you know, with dying fetus who I, you know, who I was trying to emulate. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like the, uh, down to earth and humble right now. And it humbled me and it was pretty grounding looking, you know, having having conversation with you, and then like I said, everyone else being like, "What's up, Rick?" And it's like, you guys don't really know me that well, but you guys are like, "Oh yeah, what's up, Rick?" That was that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Humility, humility um, 
is important. And I would like to point out your name is on a mug. <laughs> Um, not, not to take you down. No, 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 no. I, I think I've gone on the record of okay. my love and appreciation for Chris. But um, you've gotten more curious over time. Yeah. Genuinely curious. Um, at least I perceive it to be genuine. Mm -hmm. um, you and Rick ran into each other at a, at a... What do you call suicide silence now? There's a shorter... Suey. 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 Suey, there you have it. Okay, very good. Suey, you had just finished playing with Suey. Okay. And um, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like your dog or your niece. Like, is Suey here? Oh, hi, Suey. It's Uncle Chris. How are you? Oh my fucking Suey. Goodness. Chop Suey. Yeah, no, no, I'm on a mission go. now. I'm yeah. going to eradicate that from the metal vernacular. Suey? Okay. Um, but you, you ran into Rick uh, at a show in his. Mm -hmm. uh, in the land of uh, Colorado, you and I have a, an annual meeting in the Sprouts parking lot. Yeah. We run into uh, each other there quite often. Um, you never go in for very much. I noticed that. Like, Megan and I are there. We're getting the essentials. For the week. You know, for the week. Yeah. Exactly. It's a weekly trip. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to make sure the cats are fed before we go. But you're just in there for some coffee, um, maybe uh, some kombucha or something. You're always very um, light-handed, um, nimble, and I appreciate that. But we were in the parking lot. It was probably a good hour, and you kept peppering me with questions. I don't remember mm -hmm. the subject. Um, maybe it was relationships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know, but you can you can see in your eyes just how genuinely curious you 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 really appear to be now. Um, and has that always been there, and I just never noticed, or do you? recall a moment when your, you know, your interest in the world and in conversation started mm. to, to grow? It's, it's a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know me since I was, you know, a, a kid, you know, very... At your high school graduation, we, were, we remember yeah, that yeah, fondly. You, you, yeah, you were there. You know, it's just naturally quiet, you know, but, but still around. Um, but, yeah, things, things slowly started to uh, change, with the, obviously with... Mitch was the face of the band, and then once he was, he was out. I was already so. When you're quiet, you're naturally, hopefully, you're ob observing more and you're just listening more. So I kind of built this muscle without even knowing. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just like l listening to people, and then once Mitch happens, and then we get kind of through that time, it kind of hit me, like, uh, we need, I oh, don't know, we need help. Like I'm this, this all this like I can't rely on Mitch and the face the band anymore. That's gone. And then once the idea for this happened, just just dove in, and it's learning from all these new new bands and asking questions. And unfortunately, it's uh, it's from it it is Mitch because once he passes, no one knew shit about the band. Like no one knew anything because no one asked me questions about you know the band. No one cared. So uh, I know the feeling of trying to recover from that news not being out, no one knowing anything about you or or, or 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 the band. So once this happened, I just asked questions I wish someone asked me, mm -hmm. you know? This. And it seems like that's, you know, spilled over just from, not, not just with other musicians, other mm -hmm. artists, but again, we were just a couple of people talking in a parking yeah. lot. So it seems like, you do that with everybody you encounter now. Yeah. Is that is that a fair yes. assessment? Yeah. Okay. I call that I call that being grounded, man. That's uh 
Appreciate that. You know, when when you work, uh, when you're working every day and you're talking with people all the time, and when you come across someone who's grounded, it's almost uh, very surprising and shocking. Like, oh, this person's listening. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, the G in, in Garza, Garza stands on, for on, on his mug. <laughs> yes. Appreciate that. Stands for grounded. So, uh, and A is for asshole. And A. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, R, the backwards R. Um, we know where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I prefer. And Z is for zucchini, zucchini dick. I just <laughs> I break it in I break it in half. It's more like guards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the pirate in all of us. Um, Chris, do you remember when the brakes went out on the van when we were on our way to Bakersfield? The brakes went out. Uh... We were just like going through. We had just bought the van from Izat, the owner of Showcase. We just okay. bought the van. Sure. He's like, Josh, it's a great van. It's in great shape. The addicts use this van. I said, oh, the addicts. Well, if the addicts use the van, mm-hmm. does Ron drive? Yeah, Ron drives the van. Oh, I trust Ron. It must be in great shape. Okay, you got a deal. I don't know what we paid. We paid cash. Yeah. Um, and we're driving. It was a three-day, like, little short mini tour. And we're in Pomona on our way to Jerry's Pizza in Bakersfield. And um, uh, there was traffic on the 71. And what you do when there's traffic is you hit the brakes. Yeah. The problem this time was when I depressed the brake, nothing happened. Of course. And so I looked at Megan, and um, I looked in my rearview mirror. I saw you. I saw Mitch, my my friends, my family, and I thought, well, this is it. Um, I better mm-hmm. you know say my piece because um, we're going 40, 50 miles an hour, and yeah, we would have been in in bad shape. So I just said gently, the brakes are out. And Megan said, what? Luckily, the e-brake worked. We got off to the side of the road. With the trailer um, on the back, right? With the trailer on the back. Yes, yes. E-brake um, and a trailer on the back. Yeah. I, I don't think Mitch heard me say the brakes were, were not working because as I started to slow down and veer off the side of the road, he was just like, why are, are we you, stopping? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get going, man. <laughs> My fucking goodness. <laughs> yeah. Not the, not the funnest moment for us, but proud to say we made it to Jerry's Pizza. And uh, my sloppy drumming um, was able to um, uh, do what it was supposed to do that evening. But yeah, yeah. but those moments, um, you know, uh, for better or worse, I think uh, uh, provided the environment or the circumstances for brotherly bonding, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot they even happened. Yeah. That I, I probably just brought up a memory that you've been holding. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I, I can refer to a, to a good therapist. Um, if you need that, one. Yeah, yeah, we all do. We all do, <laughs> truthfully. Um, uh, it's, talking about venues, I know we earlier we're talking about kitchens. I'm not mm-hmm. lying. I mean, we played in a kitchen in San Francisco. Yeah, I remember that. It was a kitchen, but also a black metal art gallery. Oh, shit. That's right. So all y- the pictures of, like, dead Euro- European metal people yeah. in the woods. I remember like, oh, this is a kitchen and an art gallery. Yeah. Excuse me. And we did play in the kitchen. Um, we played in the kitchen in Las Vegas once. I don't know if you remember that. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty sick. Pretty sick. <laughs> I, I do hope we were courteous. Um, Music and food go together, you know? They do. They do. Anchos and, and metal. Um yeah, I don't have we ever played at a restaurant. No, I don't think we ever played it. We played at plenty of American Legions, mm-hmm. VFW halls, um, city halls from coast to coast, city halls, basements. 
et cetera. So, but, you know, I, I hope, Chris, uh, um, for a number of reasons that Suey um, oh continues. Uh, well, well uh, not least of which, um, this is the only thing that makes me cool. Like, on the occasion that I get to mention to somebody my, my history, um, that's the only thing because when you're a square like me and you have a square job, you know, you have to embrace it. And you see um, a student with a suicide silence shirt absolutely. on. Absolutely. And you, you just say, hey, young fella, you got a second? And they look at me and they're like, no chance. Not going near you. You smell like square. You look like square. But I'm like, no, don't go. I was the bad drummer who bungled his... I forget it. But that's only... <laughs> going to be okay mm -hmm. if you continue, you know, and you, mm -hmm. you reach that echelon of, uh, you know, uh, Cannibal Corpse and Metallica and so on. So for, for my cool points, please, Dan, Mark, Eddie, listen, what is your drummer's name? Uh, Ernie. Ernie, Chris, for the love of God, like, you're the only thing that keeps me kind of cool. Please don't stop. Um, saying keep going. Keep going. Um, keep writing. Keep writing. Keep slamming. Uh, keep asking questions. Joking aside, yeah, keep asking questions. Always. Keep being curious. But kidding aside, um, you know, you've accomplished a great deal, Chris. You've accomplished tremendous things. And I hope that at this point, um, you de-emphasize proving anything to yourself or proving anything to anyone for that matter. And you emphasize more just those qualities that make you unique. Mm-hmm. And the band, you, they're synonymous, right? You are the origin, the essence of what it is to be uh, suicide silence. And that's a reality whether you make it so or not. It simply is. It's a constant now. And so I hope that, you know, maybe we should leave a note, a love note to us, our 40-year-old selves, and say, just, you're still stupid. Okay, um, <laughs> because we're we're just in our thirties now. We're like, sure. oh, what dummies we were in our twenties and yeah. teens. No, in our forties, we're going to look back at this moment and say, "You idiot! Um, you thought you were smart. You thought you were smart." Um, just every day, and this goes for everybody. Rick, um, Chris, just continuing to appreciate yourselves for those beautiful things that make you um, who you are. Thank you for that. It's it's yeah, it's hard to. Uh, it's hard to see like th those things when you're just so in something, you know. It's tough. It's tough, it's tough being ourselves with outside noise. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to pause. You know, what would you consider outside noise at this point in your life? I and mean, maybe you could. No, go ahead, Chris. Uh, tell us what outside noise mm. is. I think uh, if I, if I could put one word to it, it's just bullshit. I I'll make an analogy for sports fans out there. I, I, I watch interviews from players from time to time, and they're always talking about the outside noise, and that's mm -hmm. people talking about you, sharing opinions, and mm -hmm. telling you what you did right, which mostly what you did wrong, and what looks dumb. And mm -hmm. um, if and then when that all that noise, when there's a lot of noise out there, you you know it comes across your your desk or, you know, comes across. And um, yeah. I constantly hear uh, athletes be like, we have to concentrate uh, what's happening in our building or what's happening mm -hmm. with us. Yeah. And if you continue to just do that and concentrate on yourselves, 
that's mm. uh, uh, I, yeah that that that's the outside noise. Um, the outside noise should be a reminder to focus on you. Yeah, that's beautiful, Rick. Um, thank you. That's really nice. A coda to that, uh, the self-titled album, mm -hmm. the one that gets all the, you mm -hmm. know, the controversy. I hope, well, let me just shut up for a second. What are your thoughts on that now, reflecting, you know? Uh, unfortunately, we, we, we just had to do it. We had some... We, but what's unfortunate about it? Uh, the, the outside noise that, that, that came with it, because unfortunately, the outside noise became uh, empty bank accounts. Because it stopped buying merch and it stopped uh, going, coming out to the shows, we literally had to re. What's the what's that machine when uh when someone has heart failure and they have to fucking a defibrillator? Yes. So basically, it had had to do that to to the, the uh, band, and and literally brought the band back from the dead. And with that comes new appreciation when oh, when oh, you're welcomed of back. Of course. Um. But I mean, you must be grateful for that experience. 100%, I mean, one hundred percent. It seems to me that that was a major factor in a kind of uh, exposing yourself to your own spiritual realities. Wouldn't, wouldn't you of, say? Of course, yeah. Uh, in the end, when all you have is you, you can't run away from you anymore. Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you can't run away from you. You can't. Yeah, you got to uh, whatever. Uh, whatever you got to face, you got to face it. Mm. You're not. You're not. You're definitely not cool. And we're talking about being cool. It's like uh, you're not cool anymore when, when you're broke, you know. And this is like your, if, if I like it or not, this is like the identity, you know, being this. Which I'm, I'm super grateful and proud of. But when there's nothing around that, you're like, oh shit, you gotta. Then you gotta rebuild and rebuild things stronger. But uh, but I, I, how, how to do it? So fortunately, I guess I guess now I should start. Uh, so with your help, Josh, I should start uh, talking differently, different words. But uh, for, for, fortunately, yeah, we, 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 had, we had to do it. It was fun. It was a great, great experience, and I, I wouldn't change it. That's, that's good, man. And, and never yeah, question your own words. I think that it is important, though, because I see just as an outsider looking, and I'm a part of the noise too, right, mm -hmm. um, your evolution as a person, as an, as an artist, as now a, uh, you mm -hmm. know, um, traversing the uh, the realm of a, a different radio, medium. A radio personality. That's right. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> right. With his name on a mug. Um, it's just, I think that that experience was very important. And I think it you was. should really appreciate it, irrespective of what some guy, you know, uh, on not pop. Well, <laughs> well, some guy came up, came up with tee hee. I, I still don't hear tee hee. At all. I don't sure. know where that came from. I've listened to that song a couple times. It's yeah. a good album, by the way. It's a very good album. Tee Hee, it doesn't... No, that's not a thing. Um, again, the noise um, and, and, and those same dynamics that you know were competing for my attention and competing for my life um, were certainly uh, brought to the surface in the wake of that album because you have the economic reality, the, yeah, the income reality. Yeah messing with your art, you know, mm -hmm. which in most cases, art is simply an extension of your own uh, personality. So for your output as an artist to now be in conflict with, um, you know, your livelihood, 
mm-hmm. your 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 financial livelihood. Um, that's got to be tough. But again, I think that grind and that tension has clearly um, resulted in a positive outcome, given what you now do and what you now experience. And um, I'm sure others see it too. They just may not have taken the time to to reflect on that. Thank you. Thank. Thankfully, holy shit. It could have it went wrong a lot, a lot of times, you know? Well, oftentimes when it goes wrong is, is it ends up being right. Um, you know, we just don't like the <laughs> nasty stuff because, you know, nobody likes pain. Um, mm-hmm. but, but pain is a, is a part of the process. Um, if you, if you yeah. guys, if you guys don't mind, um, Chris, I remember, uh, I just, you know, um, you know, I feel like for the people who are normal, who are, who are fans of this, of your show, like they're probably thinking what, what is this guy in the blue shirt and, and, and Josh doing on this show? Um, I appreciate you putting us on because, you know, um, I wanted to, uh, just briefly, just briefly share that, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I wanted some help as a, to establish credit as a songwriter and, um, you know, I appreciate you putting me on and, and giving me uh, a chance to to just talk about um, some of the things I've done. But I wanted to briefly share that that uh, Torn Within um, has a record out. The and, band that almost made me quit. Um, Torn Within has a record out, and um, uh, I'm bringing it up because we're playing our first um, show, uh, just like a showcase theater type of type of venue in Denver at Lost Lake at the end of the month, and um, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. You know, uh, I'm grinding super hard, uh, to, Sick. to try and be, um, you know, to try and get people to notice. And, you know, for a long time, I, anytime I could bring up suicide silence, you know, people look at me and go, Oh, you were, Oh, okay. I'm just like, no, I really was. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, th- you think it's hard for you. You think, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, right, okay. Like, that doesn't look like you. You're like, I'm not yeah. wearing my mask. <laughs> um, Here it is. <laughs> yeah, so I just, thank you, that thank you. Sick. Just wanted to quickly, quickly shot, give a shout out to Torn Within, playing yep. it, playing at the end of the month. First um, show in 20 years. Yeah. And, 20 years, yeah. that's crazy, dude. Um, Holy shit. You know, I've been playing music by myself as just a, like a, like doing other kinds of music. And so, but to come back uh, full circle. I, like I said, I never really looked. Already got vinyl. I never really looked back. Already got um, fucking sick, man. Right on. Yeah, and um, it's gnarly to be doing this again. And uh, shout out to Justin and and Jose Garcia. Um, And who's gonna play bass? Um, and Logan Logan Raynard. Um, yeah. So just wanted to quickly say that before the show ended. So. It's gonna be sick, Rick. I'm, I'm, you said it's gonna be recorded, so I'm eagerly um, awaiting that show because I, I I can't wait to see you guys play live. Um, you're great performers. Um, uh, the two of you are two of my oldest friends, um, and to continue appreciating the art that you are producing is um, it's quite gratifying. Oh, it's, it's badass. But hopefully, um, you know, uh, we write something. That yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we write something that Chris is like, I quit. <laughs> and, that's the goal. And, and that, yeah, always the and, goal. And that inspires yeah. Chris to to put something together that the people are like, 
yeah, this is this is this is sick. So, because I, you know, going back to when we were separate bands and we were playing shows together, that was a driving force uh, for us. You know, it hear, was hearing a, a another band from just the town over, and you're like, mm. so. You know, that's I again. I really pre- appreciate the platform talking about suicide silence and, um, but yeah, you know, um, I hope we yeah hope we can do something with music together. I don't know to what capacity, but uh, and if it's just writing our writing music and then feeding off each other, um, yeah. I, I mean, I look forward to to what's next. So. Well, Rick, you're you're a great songwriter. I mean, you're I mean, your your catalog speaks for itself. And if and if, if you if you're listening, watching, curious, that the music that we're actually talking about earlier is actually on Spotify, which I think is genius. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that that is up there. Like you have like the whole uh, uh, archive of sins. So it's the so you have the first the first three songs are the first demo from 2003 and the other five songs which is the one that made me want, want to quit is uh is track <laughs> track 4 to uh, 9 i think it's i want to say uh we're hero no more hero no the... more is like the one that like makes you just want to fucking quit and you guys uh <laughs> so you, you need to go on spotify look up torn within and check out those songs that was cuz that's what yeah uh, oh oh three oh four. that was like I, literally i was i was going to quit <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was it was incredible and that was like they're really without us knowing really what what's the music that's come after that has been pretty insane you know i i, I can't imagine the death course scene or anything heavy in general being around if you know Torrington and suicides wasn't butting heads mm. you know it's crazy well yeah. all that to say look forward to what you do what you do uh, with songwriting and your guitar and thanks man yeah looking f- I mean yeah what's next so yeah it's crazy to have even to, to think about next I mean this conversation is is, is crazy this is the timing factor it was like wow you, you were in town uh, Josh made, made made it work on time and we're both in a part in our lives where we we, we could look back and be humble and, and listen and have a, a wider perspective. Crazy, we haven't hung out in ten years. It's crazy. Well, don't discount our our, our yearly meeting at Sprouts in yes, the parking lot. Okay, yeah. those are valuable to yeah, me. Of course, um, and I wouldn't you know fetishize it. No no selfies. Um, it just simply happens. Um, don't don't look back too hard though, because I think we may become obsessive with sure. you know the whys or you know mm-hmm. resentment is. Um, is a cocktail of several different, often painful emotions. So yeah. appreciation, I think, is important. But once your reflection reaches the level of appreciation and acceptance, mm-hmm. then it's time to move back on and get in the present. Um, and I think on the phone the other day, we talked about that. Yeah. You, you had said that you, you feel like you're able to be a little bit more present these days. And I'd like to yeah, I'd like to talk about that for a second. Sure. But would you agree? Is yes. that your your own self assessment? Is that you are feeling more focused and here? Yes, have to. You know, uh, I learned the hard way. Uh, you know, I, I learned what the term "growing pains" was. You know, for yourself or like in relationships? Uh, both. Uh, mostly for myself. Just talk selfishly for for a moment. I was, uh, you know, it's 
you have an idea, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do a podcast. But I realized in order to listen to other people the best you can, you need to deal with your own shit. And so I had to deal with your own shit. And then once in the process of figuring that stuff out privately, things like this, you know, got better. Like having a more of a capacity to like to, to listen to another human talk and, and also a room in your own brain. It's not cluttered with bullshit. Mm. You know, you, it's kind of, you just like clean, you just clean your room. You know, it's okay. Then you, then you have space to like, you know, have someone else's perspective, like to enter your brain, stay there. You know, then you can have a nice conversation for an hour, hour 30. So in order to get someone else's story out there, which some, uh, I had to get my own straight. Mm. And then naturally, you know, naturally you get more grounded and more, and more present, you know, it's crazy. And uh, I wish there was something better to say. It was just facing demons and some little... Little or big insecurities that you got to fix, you know? And I'm lucky, uh, you know, I have my girlfriend, Cece. We've been almost dating for four years. She kind of helped me, like, fine-tune things, you know? You know, uh, uh, when a female says, like, they'll, like, say, like, something little. Hey, you know, you know, like, you know you do this? You're like, no, I don't. But then you're like, you do. And you need to fucking fix it. And it's, it's, it's on a little, little comment here and there. Not, not, not like, downgrading. Just, like, she'll, she'll say some. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to. But when, when when you clean that when you when you clean that area in your room slash your brain, you know you, you get you get a bigger capacity to uh, just be less of a, a piece of shit. In, in your <laughs> in your own story, um, as as you've allowed your you know, the space in your brain to to reflect and appreciate, has the word thrush come up at all <laughs> on this podcast? Uh, has it? Uh... This may be a moment. Am I? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, this might. Yeah, this might be the first. Yeah, because cool. I I never heard thrush, and I never. I don't know if you guys did a demo. I just know yeah, like, that demo. you did. Yeah. Is it out there in the world? Can can uh, it be is found? It out there? Uh, I'm not sure. Because this was you and and who else was in thrush? Uh, homies was Jeff in thrush. Jeff, yeah, Jeff guitar player. Brandon was the singer. Jeff, beautiful man, by the way. Yeah, love Jeff. Our friend Nick, that light. That lied about his age. He was like fucking. I don't know what, thirteen or something. Wow. Yeah, his dad uh, was managing him. Lied about him. his age, saying he was younger or older than what older. he really was. Okay, yeah, he was older because we were, yeah, we were seventeen or something. I, I forgot my age, but mm. yeah, uh, he, they added a, a couple years to his real age. But he was a sick drummer. Man, deep cuts. Um, uh, prior to dying in dreams, and it's it's. I saw you had dying in dreams up on the screen earlier. Mm-hmm. You can see me in the pit, me and Pat, uh, our buddy I mentioned Sick. earlier in there. Um, but you know, I think Mitch has the distinction that his work prior to Suicide Silence is out there. But mm-hmm. I was very curious to know if Thrush is out there. And then prior to dying in dreams, you had Breakaway, which was uh, Mitch's uh, nice. Uh, his brother Cliff's high school band that he joined. Wow. Just to go back to when Josh was describing himself as a square, it's like if you saw Josh in the pit back in the day, you were not thinking, oh, who's the square in the pit? You oh, were they like, were. They oh, were. No, you, no, you, you wouldn't you, go in. You were backing up. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna go in. I was just thinking of like, oh yeah, when Josh was in the pit, he was a big square. It's like, no, he was not a square. You were like this you know, center from the basketball team dressed in all black. Nikola Jokic, before who, Nikola Jokic. Who just got done mm-hmm. wearing a, this brutal mask and slamming the drums is now standing in the pit uh, a foot taller than you. Oh, my goodness. I had somebody tell me once I was too big to mosh. 
Can you believe that? Someone, that still hurts. Mm. Those comments sometimes mm. will fucking stay with you, and you got to you got to undo them. Well, like goodness. the not pop comment, right? Yeah. That that stuck with me for sure. So. Yeah. Well, oh. That must have been exhausting. Uh, I'm sure we're running out of time here. No, um, no, we're fine. We actually got a, uh, there's a community cat. I need to go f- uh, fill her um, yes. her water and, uh, and kibble bowl. Um, so we're at a middle school. There's but... Paul. There's Paul Keene. Oh, is this, is this Dying Dreams? This is Showcase. Oh, there right? I am. There, there, there I oh, am there, in the hat. There you are. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to very quickly With here. With a bandana on. Um, yeah, there's Cliff, Mitch's brother, Big Mike. Oh my Josh, goodness. Josh Stefano, normal Josh. But yeah, it, Rick's comment that I'm not a square. The video, Brandon Trahan, fabulous drummer. Look at that young boy. He played drums in <laughs> Independence Gym for, for a few records, so, so people know. He played drums in every IE band for yes. a couple records. But to contradict Rick's point, that is a square man um, with uh, very, very narrow shoulders, um, very loppy. Um, yeah. Holy shit. So, 02, October 02. There you go. So that was... Uh, Prior to us meeting, uh, showcase Chris. Showcase looks pretty packed. Uh, yeah, I wonder who was who else was playing. I think it paid to have friends, didn't it? Uh, prior to having fans, it was yes. better to have friends to yeah. amplify, make it seem like we had more. You know, that's what that's <laughs> what you did. That that's what you did, though. It's crazy. Well, they're all Mitch's friends. <laughs> they were. I didn't. I didn't have any friends. I just hung out. Me, Pat, Mitch, oh. Gabe. So it's funny because Suicide Silence is really a La Sierra high school band mm-hmm. because it's your band because you started it. But Tanner and Josh and Mike and eventually Mitch and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Gary true. didn't Gary play bass for a little bit? Yeah, quit. Yeah, all La Sierra exactly. high school. I forgot. And then I my, forgetting that. And then myself. So you were the across town uh, Corona High School kid, but the rest of us were all Eagles. <laughs> and that's why uh, that's why uh, if you go anywhere it says Suicide Riverside California because you're right you know but that's not fair because it's it's a Corona band but everyone that would ever join would be from Riverside so yeah weird yeah. this yeah yeah it's, it was yeah. tough Riverside County maybe that you know King uh, Queen takes Rook I don't know it's all Mitch's fault fucking piss me off and we'll claim that <laughs> like god damn it dude oh he would be like we're, what's up everybody we're Suicide Sounds from Riverside California yeah. it's like we're from Corona you fuck and like, it, just, it, just, it just stuck <laughs> which so, is ironic because he lived off McKinley which is like the border that's, that's the border of Corona it's like and, uh, wait is that Corona or is that Riverside you don't, you don't know well that's why Home Gardens exists I mean, oh, because no. Home Gardens is the neutral zone between Corona and Riverside the Fender Factory is still in Corona, right? Yeah. It's, it's Bam. You've been, so, yeah. you've been there, right? Showcase Theater so was the in factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never been there. Well, dudes, I, I really appreciate your time and uh, um, this pure luck and us maturing that this we would, I never thought this conversation would, would happen. It's funny because it was brought up by, you know, people that watch and listen to the podcast and I'll, I'll see it in the comments, you know, you should get, you know, Rick and Josh. I was like, all right, if it works out, maybe. And it's like time kind of allowed it to happen. Yeah, it's cool. I'm so I'm so happy that 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 this happened. You know, I learned a lot about you guys and and myself. And then uh, people listening, watching, uh, hopefully had fun listening. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I don't know how you do it, Chris. You stay busy. Um, it's not my place to say this, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it up, buddy. Um, keep it up. And, and for those wondering why I wore the mask, 
Now, yes. you, now you know. <laughs> uh, baby face, ugly faces. Um, I'm actually missing a tooth right now. I don't know if you could hear the stay plate in there. The fuck happened? <laughs> well, no, no, no need to get into it. But okay. just um, uh, uh, that's why I was dreading uh, S's and C's are very hard right now. So being yeah. in a band uh, called Suicide Silence, um, uh, a little bit tough. So grateful I didn't have to say that very often. Did you want to wear it one more time before I take it? You don't have to. I just I saw you looking at it, um, um, I'm, I'm just touching looking, it, looking at it. How cheap it is. Um, just the the pure silliness of it you know shout yeah, out man. again dominic montez it is forever his mask and he can have it back whenever he wants but otherwise it's a halloween um prop it got i mean it got people talking man it's crazy mm. when, when it was, it's like that the fucking samples it's crazy how things just stick you know insane well what stuck is you sir you are a legend chris god bless oh, you for boom. everything appreciate you guys and i'm 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 lucky to still have you guys as friends especially in this industry it's so common it in fact it's more common for people not to reconnect and be friends and there's resentment so i'm very lucky that you allowed me back in your lives and uh i wouldn't know where it'd be in my career i wouldn't even have one uh if it wasn't for you guys mm -hmm. so 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 thank you for being part of my childhood and, and my life still love so, you love you chris all right one that's it thank you later